BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, Xander Krause gets me fired up and I think he like likes to like stoke the fire here with big sills 55 million bucks and all you saw was Xander shake his head <laughs> okay it's been an interesting couple days listening to the many and understanding the few you know, you you listen to the Cowboy talk. By the way, the Cowboys have been out of the playoffs for three weeks. They they have said they're going to bring their coach back. What's the conversation? Oh, I got it. It's the Cowboys, I guess. The Cowboys love to win the offseason. Hey, guess what, Eagle fans? You're kind of like the Dallas Cowboys 2.0. All your high drama. All your big high drama going on in the offseason now. This is like Howie Vision. It's never good to be a team that's loud in the offseason. You ever notice the really good football teams that don't make noise in the offseason are usually the ones that are Super Bowl contenders each and every single year, but not you guys. So they clean house. Think about what they did. I want you to, I want you to think about what the Eagles did over the last couple of days to set this. Um, what are we calling this interview on Wednesday? A family bruncheon? A picnic? What are we calling this thing on Wednesday? It's not really a press conference. What is it? He has the job. He always had it. He was never going to lose that job. What are you, crazy? They like puppets. Especially ones that say yes and don't fight back. They love guys like this. What are you calling this thing? Feel good conversation that we're going to have? Oh, I know what we're going to have. Hey, tell me if this is a good word for your little press conference tomorrow between Sirianni, Howie, and you. It's a fireside chat. (laughs) 
How about this? That thing tomorrow you're going to have at the No One Cares Center is a fireside chat <laughs> between Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni and you. Fireside chat. <laughs> oh, my God. You bring the cheerleader back. Nobody wins games. And the amount of games. Like cheerleader cheery, uh, uh, Sirianni. Hey, the guy who won a Super Bowl in San Francisco, George Seifert, won a shitload of games. And once he was exposed to Carolina, everyone went, ooh, okay, he ain't that good. You know, sometimes you could just be a guy who's like a doorman, or you could be like a librarian and be part of an organization that wins a lot. Hey, get this, Chip Kelly had a winning record in Philly. Is he a good coach? Chip Kelly had a winning record in Philly. Is he? A, hey, he won. One thing you could say about Chip, he had a couple, what, 10-plus win seasons? He won. You don't win double-digit seasons in the NFL, and you're not a good coach. Well, Chip did it. So did Rich Kotai. Chip Kelly. I wouldn't write home about that, Steph. He did leave you Lane Johnson in a smoothie. Hey, probably the biggest contribution to all the Eagles was the smoothie that was left behind. Or his little ice cream bar. I mean, right? Oh, and Jeff Stoutland. Let's not forget that. And if you really want to feel uncomfortable, he blew out Shady and Deshaun Jackson. You didn't need him. He won a Super Bowl two years later. Ooh, Sills. You know, we love those two guys. So? You want a Super Bowl. I don't give a shit about those two guys. I care more about the Lombardi Trophy than Deshaun Jackson or Shady McCoy. Yeah, but those are revered. I don't care. I care more about the Lombardi, and so should you. Yeah, but those are guys that real. I don't give a shit about the name on the back of the jersey. Never have, never will. They got the nerve to put out. Some coaches are mad at the Brian Johnson firing. This is a complete joke, Sills. Hey, Marshall, let's go here. So did you see Josh Allen when asked the question at a press conference about Joe Brady? Offensive coordinator. He says, I want him back. He made me a better player. I want him back. Okay. That Joe Santaliquido guy who was on with the sports take guys. <whistles> asked the question. They asked the question if it was a hit piece on Jalen Hurts. And I didn't think it was. I thought it was a fair commentary. And, and let, let's go here with a little bit with that before we get into the topics here. Um, Jalen Hurts is not a very good leader, but that's okay. He's still got to grow. Just like his passing game. He's got to grow. Nothing wrong with that. Nick Sirianni's got to grow as a coach. That organization is rushing development of both the coach and the quarterback. 
Nick's not that great a coach. You know why? If they're giving him the credit for hiring of coaches and they're landing on that and they want you to believe that tomorrow at the fireside chat, then he's not a very good evaluator of assistant coaches. But that's not uncommon with young guys who have no experience as a head coach. And as young as he is, that's a common failure for many head coaches that are young. They don't really have great coordinators around them. That's what made Sean McVay so good. You know why? You know who his grandfather is, right? His grandfather's John McVay. And who's John McVay? Some of you have no idea who John McVay is. He, along with Bill Walsh and Ed DeBartolo, and we're going to have Randy Cross on today at 5 o'clock talking 49ers and Lions NFC Championship game. By the way, Bear Brooks will join us at 4.30 as well. And we'll talk about this whole Eagle deal going on here. What's next for them? Those guys built the 49er dynasty. They're the one that evaluated the talent. Carmen Policy came in after John McVay. And he's the grandson. Sean McVay knew, hey, I need an experienced coach, coordinator. And he's always had one when it comes to his defensive guys. Sean McVay knows how to hire a coach. And what's needed to counter his expertise. See, that's the deal here. Nick doesn't have an expertise. He's not good at anything. You know, you could say all the things you want about Bill Belichick, but the one thing you can always say, even with the demise of the Patriots the last four years, his defenses were still some of the best in the league. He never lost that side of the ball. Same thing with Tomlin in Pittsburgh. As long as you don't lose your expertise on the side of the ball that you're known for, you're still a good coach. What's next? Both sides went to shit. And, and I want you to think about something here also. You fired Matt Patricia, Brian Johnson, and Sean Desai, and you're an 11-win team. What does that tell you about the catastrophic missteps? Let's just not put it on Nick. Let's put it on the Eagle organization. If you want to make it vague, fine. How did you come out of that Super Bowl in Arizona thinking that that was the right road to take? Hiring the least experienced people you can possibly find. Who came up with that? I hope at the fireside chat tomorrow they ask that question. How about this? I don't even want to know who made the call. I want to know who made the call that that was the road to take. Hey, let's just get the most inexperienced guys we can find. Think about that. You fired guys that had success. (laughs) You fired two coordinators that won 11 games and scored a ton of points and everyone had a career year on offense. And you gave Sean Desai a bunch of garbage to play defense with. I guarantee you Jonathan Gannon would have failed mightily with that bullshit that they gave him. Nobody could have coordinated that thing. Not even a guy like Dan Quinn. 
was a bunch of trash cans. I'm going to make a point to you here in a minute. Nick is a positional coach, nothing more. That's why he's so immature. Truth to it. He's immature as a coach in numerous ways. His bedside manner on the sidelines and his decision-making in-game. And then his bullshit lies during the week. Yeah, that's an inexperienced coach. By the way, Mike Shanahan struggled in Los Angeles. People forget he was the Raider coach. And he was fired. People forget that Parcells had a losing season his first year in New York. What was the famous comment? Sims, if I can get through this, we're going to win a lot of games. And what did he do? He brought in the Romeo Cornells. He elevated Belichick. And let's not forget something. Parcells did not hire Bill Belichick. He inherited him. Ray Perkins hired both Parcells and Belichick. So he got lucky. And by the way, Parcells never won anything without Belichick as his defensive coordinator. Nothing. It's important to have great assistant coaches around you. Okay? You have to have great assistant coaches. And finding those coordinators takes experience. That's why you're reaching out to people like Frank Reich. Now, as for Joe's commentary in his article, talking to the sports take guys, um, Jalen Hurts growing as a quarterback and his leadership. Yeah. Josh Allen supports Joe Brady. Dak Prescott supports Mike McCarthy. Jalen Hurts endorses nobody. I didn't hear him fighting publicly for Brian Johnson. He had career years with numbers, except for the turnovers. He had career numbers this year. You didn't fight for that? Jalen fights for no one but Jalen. Now, can he get better? Joe seems to think he can. See, I think leadership is something that you're born with. You either are or you're not. I don't think you can develop being a leader. Leaders come out in adversity. Okay? Accountability. All that. Jalen Hurts was a shitty leader this year. Got his bag of money and King Hurts went into his shell even more. Get this, the, mo the money he got made him more of a recluse. Last year, Hertz was one of the guys. By the way, I don't know. Does that come with the territory of making that kind of money? Probably. A lot of people with hands out. Look, I'm, I'm trying to look at both sides of this. And by the way, for the record, just so you know, I don't give a shit about Jalen Hurts like I don't give a shit about a can of paint. One way or the other, I could care less about the guy. I don't have emotions in this. Do I like him? I don't know. I don't know him. Do you hate him? I don't know. I don't know him. Why would I hate him or like him? I don't know him, and neither do you. So how could you put emotion into anything when you're talking about a guy's performance this year? How do some of you do that? How do you come up with liking someone you don't know or have ever talked to or hating for that matter? Someone you don't know or ever talk to.
How do you, how do you come up with that? Is that just something that you 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 bring into your own life that you think you know a guy because a guy says something? I think sometimes that jades your evaluation of people when you do shit like that. I could, like I said, Jalen Hurts to me is a can of paint. I don't care. Either way, I could care less. I'm telling you what I saw this year. He's a shitty leader this year. High turnovers, was more of a recluse, made business decisions this year. I don't know. I thought he was okay. I wouldn't say great. I would say, if anything, ton of turnovers, especially down the stretch. Is that coaching? I guess so, some of it. But he makes the bag of money. Remember this. When you put emotion into people that you have no idea who they are, you don't have a clear evaluation of somebody because you're putting your own emotion into something you don't even know what you're talking about. How do you do that? Jalen Hurts is going to turn it around. You know why? Because he's got the intangible. How do you know that? You don't know him, nor do I. I'm only going on what he did this year. You guys are using your heart instead of your mind and eyes. Tell me you saw a guy this year that was anything like he was in 22. Jalen lost his confidence? In what? The direct deposit every Tuesday? That's funny when people say Jalen lost his confidence. I don't know about you. My boy Xander can um, attest to this. Every Tuesday, when you get $850 million or $850,000 directly deposited into your account, confidence is something I'm not going to be short of. Pro football. Pro football. Not football player. Pro football player. You missed that. Okay. He doesn't have it. Um, well, Nick Saban thought he didn't have it either. A quarterback fits into two categories, problem or solution. In 2023, Hertz was in the problem category. Just to be honest, nasty, that's a great take and an honest take. Okay, that's an honest take from a fan. By the way, you could be a fan of Jalen Hurts and still be critical. You don't always have to be on your knees blowing bubbles at the guy. I mean, honestly. When you make $50 million, the good comes with the bad also. You got to take it all, dude. No one's talking about replacing him. No one's talking about the guy being a bust. No one's saying anything. It's just shit he's got to work on. You know, he's only going into his fourth year starting. Why are you rushing it? You already rushed the money. I would never have paid him that money. I would never have paid him that money. I would have made him play it out. 
And get this, if you put two years in a row together, okay, it cost me on the back end. The owner's shown that'll pay. You didn't learn your lesson from Wentz. Two times you didn't learn your lesson from Wentz. The money and the evaluation of the player. You're assuming he's going to be good and a franchise quarterback. Right now, Jalen Hurts' first three years, is he a franchise quarterback? I don't know, I guess. I kind of guess. I know he has to have everybody on the field because if he doesn't, he's lost. (laughs) And if he doesn't have a good coordinator or he doesn't have everyone on the field, he can't carry a foot. That guy cannot carry a football team on his back. He cannot. But that's okay. I don't think Brock Purdy can. By the way, I want to show you something here. I'm going to show you something here. Who would take Brock Purdy over Jalen Hurts? Just, I'm, I'm deviating a little bit. Let me ask you this. Would you take Brock Purdy over Jalen Hurts? Okay. Would you take Would you take Brock Purdy over Jalen? I don't want either of them. Flexen says, "Not me." MG says, "Yes." Yes. Today, yes. No. Hell no. Okay. You tell me if you think this is good. Brock Purdy in 21 starts in San Francisco. And by the way, Brandon Ayuk, Devontae Smith, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard. And I would say the Eagles have a better O-line. You got three pro bowlers. They don't. So the talent around Purdy is pretty compatible to the Eagles, right? Nobody really has anything over anyone else. Okay? You tell me what you make of these numbers. He's 17-4 and in the regular season. 614 attempts, 422 completions, 68-7 completion percentage. He's thrown for 5,654 yards and 44 touchdowns and 15 picks with a 111-4 rating. In 21 starts. So, quite frankly, in 21 starts, he's won 17 ballgames. And he's in his second year starting, kind of. And you would take Jalen Hurts over that. Two straight NFC championship games. By the way, running back, I forgot. Thank you very much for bringing it up, Gabe. You had a running back with 1,300 total yards from scrimmage. And DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Okay. It's funny someone says that. Kobe goes, take him off that team. You take Jalen Hurts off that team. He's Tyrod Taylor. Apply that same 
comment to Hertz. Put him in Chicago like Justin Fields. Who is he? You think you could take Jalen Hurts off that team and he's good too? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And don't compare Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson. You're actually comparing somebody to an MVP. Guy's working on his third running back in his second, and what is it, third tight end in Baltimore. And he still wins. It doesn't matter who's on that Baltimore team. He wins. There's one glaring difference, Sills. Purdy has confident coaching. True. Absolutely. There's a general manager there that gets out of the way of Kyle Shanahan because there's a coach that has autonomy in the room, and he's not a lapdog. Absolutely true. That's exactly true. No question about it. Absolutely true. You got people in San Francisco that know what they're doing. Because look, get this. Look at what Kyle Shanahan, let's just go here with what Kyle Shanahan, hey, and by the way, when you have a play calling head coach, like I said yesterday, you insulate yourself from OCs being plucked off your, off your coaching staff. Kyle Shanahan can replace the D coordinators. Think about what he did this year. D'Amico Ryans, look at the job that he did in Houston. Spectacular. Look at the job Steve Wilkes did with the Niners this year. Was there any drop-off? Nope. How come they were able to replace their D.C.? But the Eagles couldn't replace anybody. Think about that. Because you know why? The coach had say in the hirings. And John Lynch knows what the head coach needs. They're working together. The head coach in Philly works for the GM. The head coach in San Francisco works with the GM. That's the difference. Was there any drop-off in the 49ers defense? After they beat the living piss out of Philly, I didn't see any glaring weakness. How come they replaced their coordinator? You couldn't. You're going to go through this same situation each and every single year with your coordinator issues. And you've been doing it since Doug. You've had a problem with coordinators for the last seven years. You let Jim Schwartz go. Some bullshit retirement. He was named the assistant coach of the year in the NFL. Top defense in the league in Cleveland. Doug's down there rebuilding Jacksonville. Andy's in his sixth AFC championship game. I mean, are we not getting somewhere here? What's going on here? Almost, look at this, Shane Steichen. Now look, these guys are getting head jobs. You're going to leave. I get it. You couldn't replace your D coordinator, but San Francisco had no problem. You know why? They hired a quality guy in Steve Wilkes. And get this. The Ravens knew that the Eagles screwed up by not having Denard Wilson as the coordinator. 
So you know what he did? They hired him, and now they got the best secondary in the league. How's that possible? Remember something. Always start with this. Eagles only want control, man. Sills, 17-4 and Sills and no Super Bowl. With Hurts, 21, zero Super Bowls, 50-50. Yeah, but here's the difference, Martin. You're paying that dude $50 million in Philly. You're paying that guy $870,000, and you're getting more performance. Who would you rather be, San Francisco or Philly? Who would you rather be at the quarterback position right now, Philly or San Fran? There's no debating it. You have no debate on that. I'd rather have Jalen. Good, go ahead. I'll take the guy making less than 900 grand. You want to hear something? That guy makes less money than Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins makes more money than the guy who's going to finish second in the MVP voting. And you're going to pay $50 million for a guy with second in turnovers. I don't. That's why you're going to be playing golf at the Ron Jaworski golf event and not playing in the Super Bowl. Come on, man. Would we be saying this with better coaching? Martin, one more time here. What gives you the belief that they're going to hire the right coaches this time? When you hire coaches like the ones I'm going to name here, you surrender control. Boy, I'll tell you what. Howie had all the, get this, he doesn't get shit on enough. Howie and Nick had all the control that they could ever possibly want. And it was a colossal disaster. He still won 11 games and you fired everybody. That all you need, we're not, get this. When you fire everybody, folks, you usually have a four win season. Think about what they did in Philly. They did everything that they did to Doug except fire Doug. That team was 4-11-1. You cleaned house with an 11-win team. Good grief, what would have happened if Howie had a four-win year along with Nick? Howie Rosen would be fired. You won 11 and they blew everyone out. Catastrophic failure. You want to blame Nick. You want to blame Howie. You want to blame Jeff. Let's blame them all. 11 wins. You were fighting for home field advantage in the NFC title with the last three weeks of the season. And you fired every coordinator. And you fired, you fired really three coordinators. Well, think about that. The Philadelphia Eagles fired three coordinators in the last three weeks. The two coordinators on defense and Brian Johnson. And you won 11 games. <laughs> okay. 
I think that Howie Roseman is on the hot seat too, along with this boy. Nico Sirianni, by the way, after the fireside chat on Wednesday, my guy, Angelo Cataldi, will be on Thursday because he wants to get a load of the fireside chat that they're going to feed you guys bullshit with so you guys can all sit around there and suck that stuff down. See? We'll be aiming in the right direction. A little fireside chat. All the little minions in the media be sitting around watching the fireside chat. They'll have little like wiener dogs on sticks and shit. All sitting around, kumbaya on it. Told you, we'll straighten this thing out. We're the Philadelphia Eagles. Little fireside chat. <laughs> oh, man, you'll believe anything. Seriously. Hey, listen, if you don't believe in anything, you'll fall for everything. That's what most of you do. You got to believe that they don't know what they're doing. Dude, you fired Doug Peterson. And I'll say it one more time to you. Xander wasn't here for this one. You, you've probably left three Super Bowls on the table. This is 2.0 Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones. How many? You, you would have had two Super Bowls since 17. You would have had the 17 Super Bowl in last year if you had Doug in the building. This is why you only have one. You will never win with that guy, Howie Roseman, in the building. Howie, 1%? Doug, 99.9. Hey, the Cowboys aren't going to win with Jerry Jones running the Cowboys. Not until Steven takes the reins. Say whatever you want. Just say whatever you want here, man. Okay. Fireside chat. Fireside chat. Hey, and by the way, one of my favorite things to do is to watch all of you guys, or not all of you guys, I won't say that because most of you guys in here are really good sports people. Some of you get mad when hosts like me and Angelo point out your bullshit. Pretty almost learned from Brady when you're on the bench. That'd be great. I love how everyone goes, maybe in 24, the 49ers will have a different guy as their quarterback because they were thinking about having Brady in 23. Yeah, well, guess what? Brady versus everyone else? I don't know. Okay? You're damn right it's comical, Flexen. Your whole organization's comical. Honest to God, comical. Led by the head guy himself. Totally comical. We may have to move Randy Cross to Thursday with Angelo here. We'll see here in a little bit here if he's feeling better here. Let me ask you a question about your boy Jalen Hurts here. What is your biggest concern with Jalen Hurts moving into the 24 season? What's your biggest concern with him? 
What's your biggest concern? I'll leave this. I'll, I'll open end it to you. Here. What's your biggest concern for Jalen Hurts in 24? You, you, you guys bring it up. Turnovers. Can't read defenses. Correct. These are all good. Reading defenses. Can't read a defense. Pocket awareness. These are great takes. His press conference. Something to it. Ace, appreciate you coming aboard. Staying healthy, reading defenses, thinking quicker, and finding the open man and not big play as well as turnovers. Dave, that's a great take. He'll never be a pure passer of the football. Interesting. By the way, you can coach around that. They did in 22. You understand that's what Steichen did. He coached around that. Shane Steichen was a coach and knew every inability Jalen had and coached away from it. That's what made him so good. That's why Anthony Richardson looks like he may be actually a player because he's got the right coach. And that's going to be the key here. I'm going to get to to a topic here. And it kind of goes along with the topic here that we're talking right now. Who cares about defense when you score nine points in a playoff game? I'm talking about your $50 million investment first. That's the number one thing that has to be fixed. You could, you're you're going to be able to do very little things on defense. It's soft season. You don't have the money. Isn't that funny? I told you that two years ago. You weren't going to have the money because of how he pushing his chips in and failing in the draft, that you weren't going to have the money to retool this team and keep it competitive each year. And here you are. You're going to have $20 million in cap space? That $20 million has to be allocated to your draft in April. You have no money whatsoever to do anything on defense. As a matter of fact, you're going to have dead cap money. And it all comes down to how you're going to handle your corners. You have no money. By the way, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. $20 million in cash space. That takes care of your draft. Here's my biggest concern for Hertz. I don't want him to learn how to read a defense. Because he can't. This is the kind of coach you have to find. Okay, here's the coach you have to find for Jalen Hurts. And I don't know what that name is. But the kind of coach you have to have, he, he's got to be an innovator. He's got to be a guy that knows this. He struggles with blitzes. He struggles reading defenses. Nothing's changed really from the 22 season to the 23 season. It was actually more exposed in 23 when they took the RPO away. You got to get back to using this guy's ability with his legs and also with his arm. 
He's not the greatest pocket passer. He's just not. So Jalen Hurts has to go back to the laboratory. Last year, he worked with Tom House. Remember, I was the first. I think Xander was producing the show. Oh, you guys called me a bullshit artist when I said, hey, he's over at Team Mussolini's restaurant in Southern California, and he was having dinner or lunch, I think it was, with Tom House. Remember Xander? And he was working with Tom House out in Los Angeles. Nobody knew anything about it, but I know Team Mussolini. And Team Mussolini said, Hertz is here with Tom House. I was like, wow, he's working with Brady's guy. Everybody in the media ran with it. That's the first guy to say it. I thought that was a good thing. Now what I think he should do is find Tom Shaw and work with his conditioning in his legs. Because if he's not running and he's not healthy in his legs, hurts his Tyrod Taylor. He's Tyrod Taylor. He'll never carry you anywhere. So you've got to find a coach. Like I said, I don't know what that name is. That's going to look at him and say, can't read defenses. Will that come along? Probably. But he couldn't read defenses at Alabama. You know why that's why he was benched? He was benched at Bama because Tua could. He didn't see the field. He has never seen the field. Has he gotten better? Get this. Has he gotten better on his accuracy? Yes. But has he gotten better at reading defenses? Those are two completely different things. No. No. Silsey throws a better touch pass. Yes. He's a little more accurate. Yes. Can he read defenses? Not really. Dude, Michael Vick couldn't read a defense until Andy Reid got a hold of him. He even told you that. Jalen's the best deep ball thrower in the league. Yeah, that panned out this year. Holy shit, they tried to go explosive play, and he he was second in turnovers. The best deep passer? That didn't quite pan out, guy. The interceptions were up, and he still couldn't throw for four grand or 30 touchdowns. Dude, Baker Mayfield threw for 30 touchdowns. I mean, seriously, this guy's never thrown over 25 touchdowns. The kind of coach you need is a guy who's going to develop a boutique-type offense for him. Is he in the college game? Maybe. But you've got to take his weaknesses and coach away from that. What does that mean? More design run plays. More, more, uh, he, he's not going to, do, by the way, Lamar Jackson's never going to throw for 4,000 yards in his career ever. He's never going to throw for four. He may never, th- you know, 
It's quite remarkable that he led the NFL in passing touchdowns in his rookie, in his MVP season. It's remarkable. That guy led the NFL in touchdown passes with 3,100 yards throwing the ball. Think about that. How freaking amazing that is. 3,100 passing yards and had 36 touchdowns in the 2017 unanimous MVP season. And I think they won 15 ball games that year. <laughs> That's what makes that guy incredibly insane. Shit, the guy, Detroit Golf. In the last six years, Jared Golf has thrown for 4,000 yards four times. Those passing stats, the league is set up for the passer. And yet Philly struggles. And yet 2,000-yard receivers, which is insane. And you fired your coordinators. What is that telling you? You have to get a guy in the building that doesn't care about numbers and cares about winning. Jimmy Johnson came on this program about two months ago and said, there's two type of coordinators. Brian Johnson, look what he did. Every guy on the offense as a skilled player outside of Goddard, who was hurt, had a career year. And you lost six or seven at the end of the year. Todd Munkin, no one had career numbers in Baltimore. No one. But they're hosting the AFC title game, and the quarterback's going to win the MVP. Think about that. Nobody in Baltimore had a career year. Nobody. Nobody in Baltimore, the quarterback, receiver, running back, tight end. They had two of them, three of them. Nobody in Baltimore had a career year. Everyone in Philly did. And you lost six or seven. What is Zay Flowers? What do you get? 900 yards? Okay. Career year? Sure. 900 yards? Todd Munkin's trying to win a championship, not trying to put career numbers up for your boys in both in uh, Philly. Swift had a career year. AJ had a career year. Devontae had career numbers in some spots. The quarterback completed more passes, attempted more passes, threw for more yards. And you got destroyed at the end of the year. You weren't trying to win games. You were just putting numbers up. There's coordinators that win games, and there's coordinators that put numbers up. Kellen Moore puts numbers up. Kellen Moore doesn't win games. Brian Johnson puts numbers up. Brian Johnson doesn't win games. It's not about the career numbers. And, and again, here's the one thing you have to look when you're saying what they're going to do with their fireside chat on Wednesday. When you bring Nick Sirianni back, you're, 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 you're making a commitment to being mediocre. 
It's a commitment to being mediocre. He's got a 667 win percentage. Uh, no. I wouldn't have that guy run my kids' flag football team. Be screaming at the parents. He's the coach that screams at the parents and the ref. Hey! What else are you going to do? He's got no other job. You know why Nick Sirianni only screams at the fans? And screams, like, you know, you know why? Because he has no other job. That's the only job he has is screaming at the KC fans or the Colts fans or the Cardinal fans. Hey! And it kills me that I have to go after a Paisan. But he must be Northern Italian. There's no way that guy's where I'm from. Because <laughs> where I'm from, you're loyal to your guys. You're not, not loyal. I heard people telling me that Nick Sirianni's loyal to his guys. Yeah, okay. Hey, Desai, you're fired twice. Yeah, that's real loyalty. Is Hey, Sills, you know, we're going to put you on at 2.30 a.m. Don't worry about it, you know. We're going to hire a guy. He's never done it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Hey, Sills, step into my office. Fired again. <laughs> okay. Where are you putting me now? I ain't. <laughs> That's what they did to Desai. They put him in the Howie Roseman broom, cro- broom closet. I got a special chair in there. I was in that chair, so don't worry about it. Dude, you got to hire a coach to help Jalen Hurts in his weaknesses. The inability to read defenses and the inability to stay healthy in his legs. Because him being injured this year affected his play. And it affected the Eagles winning. Because last year, I'll tell you what, and I'll make this point to you guys. In 2022, I'll pay $50 million for Jalen Hurts. 2023, I'll pay you half that. Last year, he was a weapon. This year, he was a decoy. Their defense was horrendous. (laughs) I'm talking to, hey, you know what? When, when, when Crowley says that their defense was horrible, well, what's your excuse on offense then? What was your excuse on offense? Let's see how many, once again, how many pro bowlers you have? AJ? Landon? Kelsey? Lane? Swift? You had five pro bowlers out of 11. What was your what was your excuse? Five pro bowlers on offense. Amar says Sills, they need an OC. Stay healthy and stop the turnovers, and he'll be fine. So you think he turns it around next year? Joe, who was on Sports Take, seems to think he will turn it around. And that this isn't Carson Wentz revisited. It's not Carson Wentz revisited maybe because of Jalen, but it sure looks like Carson Wentz revisited by management. 
Okay. Jim Bob Cooter. Good play caller. He is. He can read of defense. He's stubborn. No, he can't. If Brett Favre did, he would be a gunslinger. We wouldn't have be having this discussion. That's ridiculous. Brett Favre's play caller, dude, was Mike Holmgren. There's a difference between Brian Johnson and Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren was a play caller in San Francisco for Seifert and was working with Montana and Young. There's a difference. Mike Holmgren was Farr's play caller. Give me a break. We wouldn't be having this discussion. What are you talking about? You're trying to make it a race conversation, and it's to do with personnel, and it's to do with quality coaches around them. Nothing, sports has nothing to do with inability of success when it comes to your stupid-ass conversations with race. You either complete the ball or you don't. That has nothing to do with black and white. Catch the ball, don't catch the ball. There's nothing to do about it. See, in politics, you move the chains. In sports, you can't. Catch the ball, tackle the guy, fumble the ball, score a touchdown. There's no other thing about it. That's got nothing to do with color. It's about production. That's what aggravates people. That's why people like in California want to try to outlaw football tackling. You know why? Because they really can't go after anything else because winning and losing is one thing that they don't have in politics. Do you know what that is? Clarity. You can't move the goalpost. Scoreboard. That's why sports is such a great passion. Nobody gives a shit what your politics or your color is. Catch the ball. Tackle the guy. Catch touchdowns. Drop touchdowns. There's nothing. You can't tie anything else into it. Catch the ball. Drop the ball. Tackle the guy. Miss tackle. Beautiful thing about sports. Beautiful. Beautiful. Will he turn it around? Hmm. I haven't made that prediction yet. Will Jalen Hurts, what will a 2024 Jalen Hurts season look like? Huh. I haven't gone there yet. What did he throw for 38-something? Shitload of turnovers. Had like a bunch of rushing touchdowns. Get this. Jalen Hurts is a better running back than he's a passer. Isn't that crazy? Hurts is a better running. He's a better running quarterback than he is passing quarterback. And you guys hate that too. Hey, best, best running back in the NFL that plays quarterback. Just the best. He's the best running back to ever throw the ball in the NFL. That includes Walter Payton. Just great. 
What a great running back. Lamar's actually better at, at him than that, too. Yeah, that guy. Remember, did Xander me man after that one playoff game last year? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. That guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, baby. So let's see. What will Jalen Hurts look like in 24? Does he throw for four grand? No way. No way. I told you this. I'm, I did make a prediction two years from now. You went, you'd be a five-win team. You, you may be a five-win team this coming season. Because your defense, you don't have the money. So your defense is not going to. You know, you might be a seven-win. No, you'll be a seven-win team this year. So what will that be numbers-wise? He'll be playing from behind, though, so much. He might put up bigger numbers and put Cousins' numbers up. And he could get the four grand because he'll be playing from behind the stick so much. Um, hmm. Will he turn it around? No, because 2022 is the best you'll ever see that guy. Somebody said 3,500 passing yards and 30 touchdowns. Dude, he's never thrown for 25 touchdowns in any three years. Now he's going to go for 30? Come on, man. Stay with me here. Stay with me here, you pancake eating. <laughs> yes, sir. Say it with me. Come on, you pancake eating Eagle fans. Come on. 3,700 yards and 25 touchdowns and 14 picks again. Difference is seven wins. How you doing? Damn. Yes, sir, baby. There's your boy. I'm sorry, Joe. I don't see it. I think it's a $50 million. I think, hey, I think it's a $50 million mistake. We'll see. That's a prediction. Because I'm not I'm not sure that the Eagles are going to put quality people around them. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll make I'll make a promise to you. I'll make a promise to you. If they hire a really great coordinator around him, Jalen might be able to turn it around. But I want to see who they hire. I I do. I, I want to see who they hire. Hang, hang, hang on, hang on, flexing. I, I want to see who they hire. Okay, I do. Hey, did you see the ringing endorsement that C.J. Stroud, commander, 73 million cap space, Eagles are done. Take a look at the giant cap space. $73 million for the new head football coach, in Washington. And you've got Dotson and Terry McLaurin, the tight ends emerging, Antonio Gibson at running back. You got to fix that old line. You got to figure out if Sam Howell's the guy. You got to get better production from your um you got to get better production from your defensive side of the ball because of all the investments that you made with your draft picks. 
So I'll tell you what, I'd like to see Mike Vrabel get that job. I'd like to see Mike Vrabel get that DC job. And get this, you notice there's no conversation on him. Why is that? Because he's talking to everybody. Mike Vrabel's not going to be public in his conversations on who he's talking to. He's not. The quietest guy in the room is usually the strongest guy in the room. And the loudest guy in the room is usually the weakest guy in the room. Always put that out there like that. When you got a coach that's got conviction, he don't have to tell you shit. Because that's who he is. And by the way, I love how Vrabel's handling it. Nobody knows what's going on with him. Great. That's how I want him to run his organization. Same way. Same way. Sills, we interviewed Bobby Slowick tonight and Ben Johnson after their game. Washington? I love him. Do you see what C.J. Stroud said about him? I love Eric Bieniemy. Coach your ass hard. He'd probably be a great fit for Jalen Hurts. Coach that kid's ass a little harder. Not King Hurts off his little pedestal a little bit. No one gives a shit how much money you're making, son. Can you imagine him playing for Mike Tomlin and acting like that? <laughs> Mike Tomlin, set your ass straight like you wouldn't believe. Hey, son, I don't give a shit how much money you make. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. I love Mike Tomlin, man. That guy's a great coach. I love anybody who reads the riot act to anybody. and puts everyone on blast. Two of my dearest friends are on that coaching staff. Oh, by the way. By the way, Dan, congratulations to you, my dear friend. I knew that you were going to get that job in Carolina. Congratulations, Dan Morgan. I helped recruit the kid to the University of Miami. He's one of my guys. We'll have him on soon once things get settled. Congratulations on being the new general manager of the Carolina Panthers. Fantastic, man. Big Seals with another inside guy and another GM, Dan Morgan. Congratulations to you, my friend. Look at all these Hurricane guys. Look, 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 at, look at all my former teammates. Tracy Rockers, your D-line coach in, in Philly. Carl Dunbar is a former teammate of mine. He's a D-line coach in Pittsburgh. Fredo Roberts is a tight end coach in Pittsburgh. Shit, I got guys all over the league now that are my friends. Crazy great. Yes, sir, baby. Seals, do you think Sirianni and Jalen's relationship is similar to Barry and Troy? No, I think Sirianni and Jalen have a good relationship. I do. I think they have a good relationship. I don't think they have a poor one. No. Sirianni's a poor coach. Hertz will retire after 24 and marry his agent. Who, Nicole uh, Lynn? Funny. If Hurts' contract mistake is Howie out the door, has to be. It'd be a second quarterback mistake that they've made with gigantic money. Uh, okay. You know what, Sills? I agree with that. Vrabel and Biennemi. Would Eric Biennemi stay in Washington to be the – Hey, by the way, one thing real quick. Who is this guy who got the job? In Tennessee, 
Bill Cal is that Bill Callahan's son who got that job in Tennessee? Who in the hell is Brian Callahan? Who is that? Dude, Zach Taylor's the play caller in Cincinnati, not Brian Callahan. He didn't do shit, man. Zach Taylor's the offensive coordinator. Do you understand? I want to show you something. That's the insulation that I'm talking about that helps you when you lose coordinators on your staff, when you've got a play calling, when you've got a play calling head coach. He ain't no OC in Cincy. That's like saying Eric Bieniemy was the OC in KC. Give me a break. Brian Callahan? Okay. Raheem Morris doesn't get that job? I, I guess. Wow. That's a crazy hire. I had no idea who he is. He's a quality control guy three years ago. You know what that is? That's the guy that that's the guy that goes out to Dunkin' Donuts and gets Krellers and coffee. Crazy. I mean, hey, yeah, man, my coaching staff needs like uh, Baker's dozen of Krellers, and let's have like uh, twelve coffees too, two with sugar, three non-sugar, rest of them black. Yeah, please, thank you. And he brings them into the coaches' meeting, and there's Brian Callahan. Quality, quality control coach bringing Krellers and coffee in. I, I don't get it. Anyway, that, yeah, I mean, ha having great assistants is going to be essential. And you got Vrabel and Biennemi. That'd be a great, great situation in Washington. But then again, you got Josh Harris. You know, the process guy. Congratulations with the process. Okay. Hey, here's two things that you really can count on in Philly. Ready? Joel Embiid putting up a great night like he did last night, having a great regular season, and getting knocked out in the first round. And you can always count on the Eagles fucking up their uh, football team in every three years. It's like a, it's like death, taxes, and the Eagles going back to a four-win team every three years. You can always count on that. He always count on that. Come on now, man. All right. Um, I've got a list, my top nine. I couldn't figure out a tenth. I've got my top nine guys for defensive coordinator. And I ranked them. And I'm going to do that. Okay. And I'll do that. We'll do that when we come back out of the timeout. Don't forget our good friends at Hooters. Calendars are out 2024. $100 in goof, uh, gift coupons that are inside the calendar. Nine of the girls, I believe, that are featured in the 2024 calendars from the Northeast region, all the way from Rhode Island down through Newark, Delaware, to King of Prussia. Great opportunity this weekend in the divisional games. $2 off every pitcher. A dollar goes to local proceeds. If you don't want to go into the places too, northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. Tuesdays, when it comes to wings, buy 10 wings, get 10 free. Boneless free. You'll love them. Absolutely great on weekends. Kids eat for free on weekends. 
Happy hour specials Monday through Friday, four to six. Six items, six bucks. Don't forget to try those steamers. They're absolutely sensational. I had them the last time I was there a couple weeks ago. That's northeasttutors.com, northeasttutors.com. And when you roll in, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. like button appreciate you guys coming aboard would you guys ever consider trading aj brown would you ever consider trading aj brown here's here, here's why and here's why you have to think about it how about this would you trade 
A.J. Brown for Queen in Baltimore, who's a free agent, and a second-round pick. And then draft a receiver. What did A.J. Brown get you? The quarterback didn't develop with him. We didn't go anywhere with him. You won 25 games with him. And nothing to show for it. Where are you going? And your defense got worse. Don't you get it? Look, look, look at what everyone in here is saying. This is why most of you don't know what you're talking about. I'll ask you one more time. Would you consider A.J. Brown trading A.J. Brown? No. And yet Kansas City traded Tyree Kill. Won a Super Bowl. Improved their defense. And expanded the window for Mahomes to be on a Super Bowl team. And a Super Bowl contender. There's a great chance that the Chiefs will be in the AFC title game next year. There's no chance you'll be in the NFC title game next year. Zero. With A.J. Brown. How do you – if you think you have the quarterback, isn't that guy just a piece to the puzzle? You can't have your offense run through him. Any offense that runs their football team through a appendage, like a Tyree Kill, like Miami, or the Eagles, you're setting yourself up for disaster. The offense has to run through the quarterback, not through a receiver. A.J. Brown was the most targeted wide receiver in the league this year. What did it get you? Losing six or seven at the end of the year. It got you nothing. I wouldn't write home about really any of the wide receivers in Baltimore. I think they're talented. Zay Flowers, a kid from BC, is better than I thought. I think he could have a really fine career. GM Sills wants to trade AJ for a free agent. AJ, no, you can trade him before March 17th, dumbass. Get a book, learn how to read. You can trade anybody before March 17th when the when the new year starts. How dumb can you get? <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens line is probably the second or third best. Yes. T. Will goes continuity seals. We can't trade A.J. We don't develop. Here's something else to think about, okay? Here's something else to think about. Trading a wide receiver, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't. How about this? Has, has, has A.J., did A.J. Brown help the development of Jalen Hurts this year? Or did he become too dependent on one wideout? Do you think A.J. Brown helped 
Jalen Hurts' development at a court as a quarterback, or do you think it hurt him in the last two years? By the way, AJ's numbers are great. Are Hurts's? I don't know. When you're really good, when you're pretty poor. You're kind of in the middle. Helped in 22? Well, that's a long time ago. Will he help in 23? Doubtful. And by the way, when the guy's not on the field, Hurts can't win. We got to figure something out here, guys. You're going to need money and draft choices to fix your defense. You don't want to do that. But the Chiefs did it. The Chiefs did it, and you don't want to do it. Because you're afraid. Sills, but AJ's so productive. I get it. This is about the 53-man roster, not about two guys. You could trade a wide receiver and get away with it when Mahomes is your quarterback, not Hurts. Oh, so now we come back to the $50 million question. Is he your guy? Odd. Sander brings an interesting sidebar to the conversation. Oh. Can't trade AJ. Or you could trade AJ when you have Mahomes. I see. So Xander must not believe Hertz is the guy. Interesting. You gave a $50 million salary to a guy you don't believe is the guy. Solid. <laughs> How many people believe that that guy in New York is a $40 million a year guy? And he has no wideouts. He's got a broken down tight end and no wideouts. Organizations make mistakes. Shit, you made one before with one. Not really, because you know why? The Wentz era produced the Super Bowl. You can shit all over it all you want. Joe can write comments about the guy being a loser. Still, he holds every single season record you have. And he helped deliver a Super Bowl. And most importantly, he won home field advantage for you. And you don't win a Super Bowl if you don't have home field advantage. You've never advanced to a Super Bowl without you having home field advantage. From 1980 on, every year you went to the Super Bowl, you had home field. Wentz won that. He was 11-2 when he got hurt. He secured your home field. So in that era, he holds a single-season passing number and touchdown number, and he helped you get home field. And they won a Super Bowl. To me, that's a success. Didn't last long. Ended poorly. That's what it is. When you write the book on once in Philly, that's his story. Oh, he's a poor guy. Poor leader. Yeah, okay, that's all true, too. But he did win, help with a Super Bowl, and he has a ring that has his name on it, and it says Philadelphia Eagles on it. 
<laughs> and you can't take the ring away from him. And he finished second in the MVP. And you paid him. Well, you know, <laughs> no, it's all good. Teams get antsy at the pivot question. They do, Greasy. Think the grass is always greener and prematurely move on like Baker Mayfield. That's why they're making that dilemma decision right now in Dallas. Okay, if you move on from Prescott, who are you moving to? Kirk Cousins? What's your option? That's right. That pivot question is like the pivot question here with the coordinators in um, Philadelphia. How how are you going to coach Jalen Hurts? Hard? Medium? By the way, it's like a kumbaya stuff there too. Nobody's talked to with any kind of conviction. I've never heard Sirianni or anybody go, we suck today. We got to be better coaches and we got to be better players. We did not perform well. Go listen to a Mike Tomlin press conference after a game that they get killed in. And then go listen to a Nick. Hey, you know, give me the new Rockney shit and we're ready to roll. Fireside chats and hey, guess what? We're good. Okay, Nick. Okay. Not knowing what you don't know is not as good as knowing what you don't know. Profound. <laughs> Would you trade Hertz for Fields? Never. Justin Fields? I like the kid trying as hard as he can. But Justin Fields is never going to win a Super Bowl. Like Dak Prescott's never going to win a Super Bowl in Dallas. Justin Fields is never going to win in Chicago. Quarterbacks go there to die. What would make you think anybody could be drafted, including the crybaby Caleb Williams, to Chicago, and they're going to turn it around and all of a sudden be a superstar team? They haven't had a quarterback in 60 years in Chicago. That's worth a shit. Jay Cutler? Rex Grossman? Okay. Wake me up when you find one. Jim McMahon? Okay. Never healthy. Never played a... You know, Jim McMahon never played 16-game season. He was always hurt. I'm going to take a look at some of the... By the way, Barrett Brooks is going to join us at 4.30. And we'll get his take on all this. Um, I think the Cowboys, Pete, have to stick with Dak. Jerry Jones is 81 years old. Okay? He's 81 years old. Where's he going? Where's he going? Breaking a new quarterback? Get a new coach? If he's 51, it's a different conversation. He's 81. They're not going nowhere. Plus, they got decisions to make. You got to, you know what? They're good. Here, here's something that you can feel fairly proud of if you're an Eagle fan. They're going to overpay for Michael Parsons, who's not going to be worth the $30 million they're going to pay him. And C.D. Lamb is a good ball player, but C.D. Lamb or Devontae Smith, who's better? I don't know. They're kind of the same guy to me. You're trying to tell me if I put Devontae in the number one role in Dallas, he doesn't put up Lamb numbers. I think he does. But they're going to probably pay him 30 
And where are you going to get that money to play Tyron Smith? You're not. Shit, they're in a bigger shithole than you are. Okay? They're in a bigger problem than you are. I wrote these guys down, and I got their names, and I ranked them. By the way, I'm going to do this after Bear because I don't want to. I, I don't want to skew the pot here with this, and I want to run through that. By the way, we're going to um, reschedule Randy Cross. He got a little ill today, so we're going to have him on Thursday with Angelo Cataldi and with um, Randy Cross. So that will be on Thursday. We will have him. So, yeah, Angelo doesn't want to come on until the uh, fireside chat on Wednesday. When everybody gets to blame the coordinators for the shit show that you had this year. And everyone, you're firing Sean Desai twice. Yeah. Fantastic. By the way, A.J. Brown, does he even want to play in Philly anymore? Now, I would say this. Well, Sills, getting $20 million. Yeah, You know, play on the moon. Somebody's paying you 20 so does AJ want to play in Philly even with Jalen? Hey, man, you play with a Martian if you're paying me $20 million a year. Sure. As long as that direct deposit keeps hitting that thing. And that Venmo keeps hitting, right, Xander? Hey, we're good. I, hey, I'll play with a Martian. No, so, I, you know, when I love when people go, that guy won't play with that guy. Yeah, okay. T.J. Edwards wanted to go home. We'll pay him an extra million and a half. Okay, I want to play in Philly. <laughs> hey, you want to get to a man's heart in the NFL? Pay him. We'll promise him. Pay him. You pay him. Dude, loyalty with the players and how you look at shit, it's not the logo in the helmet. The owners aren't loyal to you. Management's not loyal to you. Ask your coordinators you just fired and put in a shitty position to be successful in. Come on, man. <laughs> right? Trade A.J. Brown? See, my question is, how are you going to retool your defense? You have no money. Where are you getting the money from? Oh, you're not. So you're going to go into the draft? I pointed out yesterday to you, you struggle on that side of the ball drafting. So you got to go into the draft and hope you hit on six dudes. You got to get a couple safeties, a couple corners. Hey, by the way, would you call Denver and trade a first-round pick and a second and a third for Patrick Sertain? No, I wouldn't. Why? It's the guy you coveted years ago. He's only 24. And they had him on the open market, and Denver needs picks. You know why? They're in holy hell with that Russell Wilson contract. You wouldn't do that to get the best cover corner in the league. No, I, 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 we want our first-round picks. Why? Because Howie and the organization are proficient at Drafting corners? 
Now, you'd consider it? Dave, I think you'd have to do more than consider it. Knowing the history of how they have not been successful. Get this. There's positions that they've been exceptionally successful at. They're bigs with the D-line and O-line. I think the Eagles have done a sensational job in 20 years. They've really done a nice job. That Milton Williams pick, I want to show you how good that Milton Williams pick, and I brought this up to you guys before. Milton Williams is a third-round draft choice. What year was that he was taken? Three years ago? Is that right? Three years ago, Milton Williams was a third-round draft choice? Okay? Think about how good that pick is. If you put Milton Williams on the open market right now, and you put him on the open market, you wouldn't get anything less than a third round. And you want to hear something crazy? He never lost his value. And he never started. You got a guy who you drafted, who never really started for you. And you took him in the third round. And he's not lost his value. And if you traded him, you'd get a third rounder, maybe even a second for him right now if you put him on the open market. That's how good that pick is. If you put Nicobe Dean on the open market now, you couldn't get a seventh. You might get a seventh rounder for him. Someone would take a chance and trade a seventh rounder. That's a horrible pick. Look at Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat was a fourth round pick. Okay. You put him on the open market. You might get a two. That's a good pick. Jordan Davis, would you get a first rounder for him? For a one-dimensional player who you took 13th. I don't know if you get a first rounder for him. You probably wouldn't get a one for him. You'd probably get a two. Carter, you're going to right now, because his value is high, you're going to get a one for him. <laughs> Here, you don't have a secondary guy on the planet that is worth anything, including Sidney Brown right now. He overpursues. He's not a great tackler. He's got to learn how to play first. There's really nothing back there that you go, well, that guy's great. The, the kid, Reed Blankenship, I don't know. There are just times I like him and times I don't because teams pick on him. Your entire linebacking core is awful. Awful. If you traded Hassan Reddick now, what would you get for him? He's 29 years old. He makes $15 million. Got a couple years on the deal. Is he under market value? He probably is. Or he's right there in the room between 15 and 19 million. Would a team trade for him? What would you get for him? You got to figure out how to retool your defense. You're going to have to trade some people here. You're going to have to. You don't have the money. You don't have the money. What, so, I mean, if you traded Reddick, I heard Jeff McClain say they're not even sure they're bringing him back. Well, trade him. Do what, they, do what the Patriots did during the Brady era. 
What could you get for him? A three? Three, four? You're going to get compensation picks? If I were the Eagles, knowing their draft history, I would get as many picks as I possibly can and hope I landed on five. I try to get as many as 12 picks. And I don't, I'm not talking about moving up. Or I would trade for veteran guys. So the short thing can come in and help. You see, that's the one thing too. You can't trade for Devin White. That's a $20 million a year salary. Now, Devin White's lost value because the kid down in Tampa beat him out. That younger player beat him out. I was talking to some folks down there, Jason Light, the GM, and I can't remember that young player's name, but he beat Devin White out. Beat him clean out. And now would, would, would that drop his value in the open market, Devin White? Probably. Because he's not going to command $20 million when he lost his starting job in Tampa. That team was 9-8. and eight. Pretty sure a UFL team could beat the Eagles. No, let's not go crazy here. Okay? Let's not go crazy. Just like you said, the Eagles have no money to sign Hurts. Dude. Listen what Steve just showed you how ignorant he is. Just like you said, the Eagles didn't have money to sign Hertz. Yeah, you know what you did, Steve? You went to the dollar store on defense last year, and that's why he got a shitty team. He robbed Peter to pay Paul. End of story. Yeah, they took it from your defense to pay him. They didn't come up with the money. They stole from the defense. Did they not? Trash can linebackers. Safeties that don't belong on your team. I mean, rookie contracts in your tackles. You took the money on that side of the ball, Pam. What do you think you came up with some sort of innovative way? Yeah, the salary cap. I got it. The hits aren't going to be catastrophic when it comes to your dead cap money, if anything was to go sideways. But you still took the money from the defense to pay them. You don't have a balanced cap. Look at the money. And you're in the hole with your corners. What are you talking about? Just like you said, the Eagles didn't have money to pay for Hurts. No. What they did was rob the other players of the money and rob the roster to pay. They went cheap. That's why you got cheap linebackers. You got linebackers that don't belong in the NFL anymore. Last year, you could pay for Kaiser White and TJ. You know why? Hertz made 1-4. Now? You robbed them. End of story. TJ was horrible this year. I think he finished second in the NFL. 
in tackles. See what he did since someone said that TJ was horrible this year. TJ Edwards stats. Let's see how horrible he was. He had 155 tackles. Who had the most tackles in the NFL in 2023? Bobby Wagner. Oh, he had 183. Way to go, Bobby Wagner. Another guy you could have had. And let's see. TJ Edwards finished seventh. Here are the guys that finished ahead of him. Bobby Wagner. Zaire Franklin. Alex Singleton. Roquan Smith. And TJ Edwards. What a horrible year. Horrible year on a horrible football team. And last year he had 155 in a number two ranked defense. Think about this. That guy's had 300 tackles in two years. 300 tackles. And you let him go. And you found him. Three hundred. Let me let me let me see that again. God, is this guy a good ball player? And you found him. He's a UDFA. That guy was a UDFA. Is that right? TJ Edwards stats. Let's see now. So get this right. Let me write this down here for Edwards because he was on Philly too. Since he became a starter in 21, 130, 160. Had 160 tackles last year? Wow. Okay, that's 290. And this year he had 155. This guy's had 445 tackles in three years. <laughs> and you let him go. You let him go. He had 445 tackles this year. And you let him go. Solid. <laughs> That's solid stuff, man. I'd say this, you missed him more than any player on your football team this year. How are you replacing him? Waiting for our friend Barrett Brooks. Until then, I'm going to get to my coordinators here. Let's do that now. These are my top nine defensive coordinators that I would like to see, and I ranked them as guys that I would like to see the Eagles bring in, interview, and think about coming aboard as the defensive coordinator. Barrett is 430, not 330. My bad. Sorry about that. Way to go. Thank you, Xander. So let's let's do this. I got nine guys. I got secondary coach and former Green Bay Packer Al Harris. It's a hot name going around now. I think that secondary for the Dallas Cowboys had a really good year. I think Gallup's done a hell of a job back there. If Dan Quinn gets the job in Seattle as the head football coach, which looks like it's going to be the transition, Dan Quinn worked for Pete Carroll. So I know that John Schneider likes him. I know ownership likes Dan Quinn. Um, that would be a transition 
that Al Harris would become the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Would he take the Eagle DC job over taking the Cowboy DC job? I don't know. I don't know because both come with both come with sidebar intangibles. Sign Edwards and Epps completely different team. Maybe. Number eight, this is kind of an outlier, but because I'm hearing, by the way, I don't like the Rex Ryan name, but I think there's a message. Now, look, sometimes you have to understand something, what organizations like to do, okay? Why would the Eagles want it out there that Rex Ryan, Ron Rivera, and Wink Martindale are names that they're considering? Why would they want that out there? Okay, they're looking for experience. And they're looking for guys that are going to change a defensive system. I don't know if they're going to have that same plug-and-play kind of stuff. You can't you can't plug-and-play when you talk in those kind of coordinators. Now, I heard people on my own channel and also on the radio say that Rex Ryan wasn't a very good coordinator. That's not necessarily true. I thought he was really good as a coordinator in Baltimore. I thought he was aggressive. See, what you guys are doing, you're tying in the head coaching failures with some of these coordinators. They have nothing to do with one another. You're completely, they have nothing to do with being a position coach or being a coordinator. Being a head coach is a completely different thing. So when you tie that in, you don't know what you're talking about. You sound dumb. Some guys are great coordinators. North Turner is a great coordinator. Is he a great head coach? No. Sean McVay turned out to be a great head coach. Why? Because he doesn't give a shit about the defense. So he hires the most qualified guy he can find in the building. That's not the case in Philly. They Get this. You hired the least experience. That would never happen in L.A. McVeigh would never hire an inexperienced coordinator on that side of the ball. He needs that guy to be as qualified as him. Get this. Think about this. Think about what they're what they do in Los Angeles and how they hired their D coordinator. They're basically trying to hire another head coach. They want someone to be the head coach of the defense. Do they do that in Philly? When you're looking for coordinators, now when you're bringing guys like Rex Ryan, Ron Rivera, now you're actually talking like you're looking for a leader. It's a different message being sent. Okay? It's a different message. So I throw Mike Zimmer's name, former head coach of the Vikings. Really a fine defensive-minded guy. Worked with Deion Sanders a bunch of times at Jackson State also. Shows you how much he loves the game. Mike didn't need the money because the Vikings and Ziggy Wolf were still paying him. Still had three years remaining on his contract. Worked with him up in um, uh, Colorado too. And I, I absolutely like you know, Mike Zimmer. But again, that's the kind of name you're going to hear 
when it comes to being a coordinator. Number seven. So we got Al Harris, nine. Mike Zimmer, eight. Joe Cullen at seven. A defensive line coach, Kansas City Chiefs. They've reinvented that defense on that side of the ball. And by the way, you know what's crazy about the dynamic that you guys are looking for? It's right there in front of you in Kansas City, isn't it? How many people think Steve Spagnuolo is going to get a head coaching job somewhere? No. But would you consider him one of the best coordinators in the league? Totally. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. You get two former head coaches, one guy on the side of the ball in Kansas City that runs his entire defense the way he sees fit, like you do in Los Angeles. You got basically two head football coaches in Kansas City. And all those assistants have changed that defense around. That's a good-looking defense. And where are they again? Sixth straight AFC championship game. John Cullen's a good coach and should be elevated to coordinator. Worked with Andy Reid. Worked with Steve Spagnola. Very aggressive. They like to rush the passer. They bring blitzes. I think John Cullen would be a great interview for Philadelphia to take a look at. Plus, he can talk to Andy Reid about the culture inside the building in Philly. Again, get this. You're insulated in Kansas City with your coordinators not going anywhere. Why? Well, Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Steve Spagnuolo's not going anywhere. Hey, can I tell you who I think? Watch this. If 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 Raheem Morris doesn't get that Los Angeles job or doesn't get a job somewhere, he's going to remain the D.C. and L.A. Why? Because they're getting better. His equity is huge. He's a head coach in Los Angeles with the Rams. Just on that side of the ball. Number six, Jim Leonard. He's working as an advisor at the University of Illinois, former Wisconsin, um, D.C., and he is a former coordinator in the NFL. Man, I really like him. I think they interviewed him last year, Jim Leonard, if I'm not mistaken. Really a great mind. A lot of people um, have him high on their list when it comes to being a coordinator. You see, guys, with these names right here, you got to remember something. The, fir- the, the first list is going to be the head coaches that fall. Then these guys' names are going to fall right behind because you're going to be gra- looking and grabbing up, in my opinion, the top coordinators. So if I were the Philadelphia Eagles right now, I, I'd get to work. you got to start interviewing guys because once those dominoes start falling with the head coaching, decisions are going to be made immediately. You know, that guy Mentor who's up there as an assistant coach in Michigan, he's either going to be the head football coach of the Wolverines or he's going to be a coordinator with Harbaugh in Los Angeles with the Rams. Okay, so he's in the catbird seat, and he's not going to be cheap. And I would think if you're Michigan, you hire him as the head football coach up there. Okay? Bob goes, silly, Dan Cilio, I just subscribed to ask you a question. Do you honestly think we get him, Bob Cooter? I think that's an offensive guy you can interview. He's a good play caller. Um, he's had successful defenses. Okay. 
I, I do. I think so. I don't, I don't. But again, you got to remember something too, Bob. Hiring a coordinator for Jalen Hurts, you've got to make sure that you're hiring a guy that knows what he can't do. Okay? He can't read defenses very well. All right? He can't. He's just not a good reader of the defenses. His blitz, picking blitzes up, he struggles with. He struggled with it his entire career so far. Okay? So you've got to move him around and you've got to figure that out. What's bet? That's what Shane did. A lot of rollouts, one read guy. You got to remember something about the RPO. The RPO is set up with a three read run, pass, and you have the option to do either. You're not reading a defense, you're reading a situation in the RPO. What they asked him to do was read defenses this year. That's why his turnovers went up. Okay. Eagle fan goes, I want coordinators to have a pair of balls to stand up to the pencil pushers up in the front office in Philly. Well, then you're not going to hire, then you're not going to get the right guy in the building. Eagle fan, you're going to have to kiss their ass. Parting, part of getting the job in Philly is kissing management's ass. Now, you can kiss their ass and tell them one thing and do another. You can do that too, as long as you have success. You start winning games. Now, that's not true because you can win games and still lose your job in Philly. Hmm. I think you got to kiss their ass, no matter if you're winning or losing. Because if you're winning or losing in Philadelphia, it really doesn't matter. I know, T. Will. It's a shitty way of getting a job. You got to kiss your boss's ass to get the job. Being qualified has nothing to do with it. So if you kiss their ass good, well enough, you get the job. Are you qualified? No. You know how that's true? Look at who they hired last year. Those guys kissed enough ass to get the job. But they weren't qualified. But the Eagles went with the guys who were better ass kissers. I mean, that's why I'm so against what you're doing with your fireside chat on Wednesday. You took ass kissers versus quality coaches. And you surrounded a $50 million quarterback with an ass kisser. Who knows him? He's boys and they're best friends since Houston. And they played with Tonka trucks together. They were in the sandbox together. They went to Chuck E. Cheese together. <laughs> I don't know. What else? Oh, they're friends. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, hung out at the Chuck E. Cheese. They got happy meals together. Fantastic. It's great hiring practice. Well, they're boys. Yeah, Jalen really stuck up for him too, right? Sorry, Joe, but I didn't see that one either. I see all these other guys sticking up for their coordinators. Jalen sticks up for nobody. This guy's on a desert island, man. They must have like a separate wing over there at the no care center. And, you know, he's over here because he don't care about anybody. What about your head coach? I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> okay. Hey, they just fired Brian Johnson. Guy takes the Fifth Amendment. 
Um, I would not like to respond to that for it could incriminate me. Uh, Jalen, do you want to have Brian Johnson back as your coordinator? Um, with my rights, I'm going to take the Fifth Amendment. I'm not answering that question because it might incriminate me. <laughs> okay. What are you, Trump? <laughs> um, right? Oh, no, wait a minute. That's Hunter. Sorry, I got that wrong. So many people in court nowadays, I forget. Uh, that's Hunter, I forgot I, as I move on. <laughs> All right, number five. I got Wink Martindale here, okay? Fired giant DC. Walks into Brian Dable's coach's office and says, who'd you fire? You fired my two guys? Okay, you fired my guys? <laughs> F you. Stuck up for his guys. I like this guy. I do. I like this guy. Yeah. It's like that scene in Blue Velvet. I like this guy. I like this guy. He shoots him in the head. It's all good. Watch the movie. Number four. I'm good with Ron Rivera, former commander's head coach. Former D.C. with the Chargers. Did a great job in Carolina. Got a team to a Super Bowl. Ron's a former linebacker himself. They need a lot of help at the linebacker play. Would he be a guy walk in there to be somebody that you can have as your D coordinator and feel comfortable? Would he move the chains around? Would he help that unit on that side of the ball? Possibly. Ron's a good name, man. He, he's a good name. Number three, Glenn Schumann, Georgia Bulldog. You interviewed him last year. One of the absolutely best coordinators in all of college. Here's the problem, though. I'm making $3 million a year at Georgia. How much are you going to pay me in Philly? Three? Eh. You just fired a guy, and he won 11 games. I, I, I'm on a football team that has lost one game in three years. And get this. Right, Xander? Am I right? Georgia lost the SEC title game by three points. Put a 70-burger on FSU in a bowl game, and they didn't play for the national title. I don't know. You talk about FSU getting jobbed? How about that Georgia team? So you lose in the SEC title game by three points, and you lost one game in three years, and you put a 70-burger on FSU. And you don't get a chance to play for the title? <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty good defense going on up there. And some go like this. Well, I don't want to make it to Georgia. Why? Georgia get the top kids in the country every year now. Why wouldn't you think the best players in the country play at Georgia and the best coordinator and one of the highest paid coordinators and the NF or college football is at Georgia. I mean, why do you fight reality? What wait? Hey, Sills, you know, we'd have too many Georgia people. Well, duh. Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Here, you 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 want you want to get right in your draft or hiring of coaches? Bama. Well, I don't know what they're gonna do now after Saban. So that is a changing of the direction there for me. Okay, I want to see what this new dude does from Washington. We'll see. How much success has Alabama had outside of Bryant and 
Um, what we see here with Saban, we'll see. Michael Jordan, talent wins games, but teamwork, leadership, intelligence wins championships. These three values are absent with the Eagles. LSU, right now talent with Bama. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson, Oregon, Those are your programs. Don't, don't. Texas? Really? Like, who in the last five years has come out of Texas? You went, holy shit. Oh my God. Did you see that guy from Texas? Name me one. Name me one guy. Have you seen that guy from Texas? Wow, is he a killer? Like who? Georgia, Bama. That's where you get the wows. That guy, Will Anderson. Did you not see him come on at the end? Patrick Sertain, LSU guy. You see, look, you see all, all these dudes, man, are in the league now? Bijan. Had a good, Bijan is on the all-Ricky team. But I'm not going like this. Holy shit! Sertain's Bama, that's right. <laughs> I gotta get corrected every time. <laughs> He's such a good player, too. Don't sleep on Texas. Dog, you have more five-star players at the University of Texas with no results when it comes to national titles. It's been a downgrade since Mac Brown was there. Do you not get that? When you fired Mac Brown, what have you done? What I went to the semis. Yeah. Over Georgia? Stupidity. Over Georgia. Bama and Georgia should have been in the final four. Should have been Bama, Georgia, Michigan, and Washington. Those four teams should have been in it. Those are your four. Texas. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, wait. Bama got beat by Texas. Yeah. Bama pays the toughest schedule in the country. They're not afraid to play anybody. Who, who do you guys lose to? Oklahoma? Whoa. Me a break. He finishes up here. And a guy you missed on. Here's another tragic decision that you guys missed on when it came to um, the moves you made in the offseason last year. You let Denard Wilson walk out the building. I'd really like to know what he said that made them pass on him. Tomorrow at the fireside chat. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like an Englishman. It's really, those are real, really weird people over there. Okay. Put up your fireside shot. <laughs> you know, I'd like to, I hope someone would have paired cannolis. Goes, who passed on, what was the decision to pass on Donard Wilson? What, what, what was that reasoning that you went with 
Desai over Denard Wilson. And I hope at the far side shot. That'd be great, right? You see Nick throw a log on. Just how he's sitting there with Coco. <laughs> how he throws a log on. Coco. Roasting marshmallows. At your fireside chat. <laughs> and you guys are just talking about, you know, hey, we won 11 games. We've won 25 games in two years. Yeah, it didn't finish the way we wanted to finish. It's going to be a pep rally. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's what this is going to be, a pep rally. Yeah, you're going to feel all juiced up and ready to roll with Pinocchio Siriani sitting there at your fireside shop, roasting marshmallows, drinking cocoa. Bullshitting Philly fans. Yeah, right? Fireside chat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's fantastic. And the number one person that I want to see as your defensive coordinator in Philadelphia is Leslie Frazier. Leslie, just be too much for you. It might be, it'd be like hiring Seth Joyner. He won't hire Seth because Seth's got a pair of gonads on him and Stundines on him. So I don't know, man. You hire Leslie Frazier. You're hiring a guy with a pair of stones too. And I don't know if you like guys with a pair of balls. You like people that are like eunuchs. They'd be kind of like neutered. You know? Little raisinettes. <laughs> ah! yeah. You know what? You want coaches with raisinettes, not a pair of bull balls. You know what I'm saying? You like those guys with raisinettes talking a high pitch. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you take a guy like Leslie. Okay? I don't know. That'd be an awful lot. Because he's a big time. Yeah, he's a big time ass kicker. I'm just glad we broke Purdy's arm. <laughs> 31 7. Uh, Bob. Bob, hey, Bob takes solace in two things. We broke Purdy up and Cowboys are not in the playoffs. I like it. Yeah, see, that's your fireside shot. No one's going to ask that question. 
So here are my guys for coordinator for the Eagles. Number nine, Al Harris, secondary coach, Cowboys. Mike Zimmer, former Vikings head coach. Number eight, Joe Cullen, D-line coach, Kansas City Chiefs. Number six, Jim Leonard, working now as an advisor for the University of Illinois, defensive-minded guy. Number five, Wink Martindale, former Giants, D.C. I believe he was in Baltimore, too. Number four, Ron Rivera, former commanders, head coach and former Chargers, D.C. I think that was with Mari Schottenheimer. Number three, Glenn Schumann, Georgia Bulldogs, D.C. Interviewed him a year ago. I'd have to think you would interview him again. Denard Wilson, number two, Ravens DB coach. Funny, last year, Eagles had a great secondary, finished second. This year, their last. Ravens, one of the top secondaries in the league. Uh Uh-huh, get it. And Leslie Frazier, number one. Don't forget, Barrett Brooks is going to join us at 4.30 Eastern time. And I can't wait to hear his takes on all this. I saw Greg Williams' name. I think Greg Williams is a Judas. He's a Judas. You you, you just be creating more chaos for yourself with Greg. Greg Williams is a really good coordinator, but he's a Judas. Backstabs head coaches, backstabs coordinators. He's a Judas. I wouldn't want that in my staff. As much as I think he is a really good coordinator, I think he's a Judas. So I left him off and Rex Ryan, I don't know. There's a lot of there's there, there's a lot of Hollywood there to it now. And I don't know if that's something I'm looking forward to. All right. Don't forget, like I said, Baird Brooks at 4:30 Eastern time, our good friends at Hooters. The calendars are out 2024. 100 bucks in coupons are inside the calendars. Nine of the girls from the Northeast section are featured in the calendars. Great time for all. NortheastTutors.com, all of the locations we have from Rhode Island all the way down to King of Prussia. You can also go to the app and use the app, Hooters2Go.com, get the food, bring it back to your house. And during the divisional games this weekend, $2 off, dollar, again, goes to the local charities in your respected area. And here on a Tuesday, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Great happy hours Monday through Friday, six bucks, six items, four to 6 p.m. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. And do me a favor. When you roll in, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Philadelphia Eagles have indeed reached out to Frank Reich as an advisor and as a potential offensive coordinator for the team. That's a fact. Um, As I said earlier on Sports Take, there's $35 million owed to him from David Tepper. If the Eagles were to pay him, that money goes to Tepper, his salary, and it offshoots the money that he's going to be paid, and they would have to renegotiate the buyout in Carolina. So there's some – there's contract issues that you would have to work through. Frank's not going to take the OC job if it costs them money. I'm not turning down $35 million to become the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia because I love Nick and I love the owner. That's not happening. If I'm, if I'm giving back $10 million of $35 million, I'm not, I'm not surrendering that. He's never going to get another head coaching job. You've got to protect that money that's owed to you by David Tepper and protect it. Now, can you come in as an advisor role? See, the advisor role is funny because that's what a lot of coaches do. And you're an independent contractor when you come in as an advisory role. In many ways, you could you could determine what that means. I come in as an advisor. And you pay an advisor to come in and look at your offense. Like John Gruden wasn't on the coaching staff for the New Orleans Saints. 
But what they did was they gave him an advisor's role and they paid him advisor's money. It's an independent contractor. You're you're not under you're not under like a contract with the Eagles. They're, you're like a consultant. It's a consultant's fee. So I think that's where he is. I think that's where he is now. He's consulting Nick Sirianni on offensive coordinators. Because remember, he helped pick Shane. Those were his recommendations. And just so you know, Xander Krause was here when he said it. First time Frank came on the program. He recommended all these guys, including Nick. Okay, see what Greg says down here? Once again, ill-informed. Frank Reich as a play caller is 1-10. in 10. Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud. The owner wanted Bryce Young. That's why he got fired. He knew Bryce Young was too small. Frank wanted Stroud. He coached the owner's bad pick. And by the way, it's not fair for Bryce because there's not enough pieces around him yet. Okay? Stroud is breaking all conventional wisdom about the Ohio State quarterback. In 157 years, Ohio State's never had a quarterback that was a star in the NFL, ever. This year they got one. He broke conventional wisdom. Okay. Um, and 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 again, here the, the connections you have to remember are are Jalen Hurts has conversations all the time with Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers' greatest year was when Frank was his OC in San Diego. Wide receiver coach, Nick Sirianni. And I think Nick would not feel threatened by his friend, because again, you start to get insulated by a guy who's not going to get a head coaching job anytime soon. Frank Wright's not going to get a head coaching job, but the Eagle organization likes him. Nick trusts them. You're insulated. Plus he's had nine different coordinating jobs or position coaching jobs in the NFL. What does that tell you? He's got connections to position coaches offensively that Nick might not have because Nick's not as experienced as he is. Frank recommended Gannon. Both guys are head coaches. Whatever you think of, hey, whatever you think of Jonathan Gannon, he beat the shit out of Nick in a game when you guys were fighting for home field advantage. You got to remember that dynamic. Okay. Panthers suck and it's the GM's fault. Eagles win 11 games and it's the coach's fault. No, wait, it's Doug P's fault. Doesn't matter what you do as a head coach. 
I could still remember Frank Reich's comeback game for the Buffalo Bills against the Oilers. Right. Uh, Sue brings up a great point. They're not fighting. So Frank Reich is being consulted with right now by Nick Sirianni. And as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't put it past that how he's also consulting with it because it seems they are. And Frank is involved in this process. Now, again, there's a $35 million issue. How, I mean, if he takes a position coaching job, Frank, and they say they pay him, Nick makes six. What are you going to pay him? Two? And say that $3 million's owed three years and it's a $10 million salary. Okay, so $2 million goes per year. Would Jeffrey Lurie pay that off, that $35 million, and hire Nick or hire Frank for that and kind of have him like as his in-house coordinator for Jalen? Would he pay that off, David Tepper, and pay that number or half that number negotiated? I don't know. Would that be something they would do? Would that I mean, if you, depending how bad you want Frank Reich in your organization – you're going to have to come up with a way to, to pay that number down of $35 million that's owed to him. He's not just going to turn it down. Seals, do you think this team needs some veteran presence at coaching? Let me ask you this. Okay, and, and Professor, and I like it, seems like they always point to the captains and team vets, but – who was there for the coach? It's, it's a great point. You know, um, Gary Cobb said this, and I thought it was a prophetic statement here. Boy, wouldn't it be great to have a veteran quarterback behind Jalen? Wouldn't it be great to have a veteran? I mean, look, look who Andy Reid leans on. Andy Reid leans on a former NFL head coach as one of the top coordinators in the game. Look who Sean McVay leans on. He leans on a guy who was a former head coach and a heck of a coordinator in Raheem. Look who Kyle Shanahan leans on, a veteran D.C. and Steve Wilkes, had D'Amico Ryans. I mean, just look around with the final four teams. All these teams have veteran guys around veteran coaches. There's nothing wrong with having another voice in the room as long as the head coach has the conviction to make the moves. What you don't want is, like you have in Philly now, you have a bunch of people with a bunch of opinions and you have non-football people making decisions. That's the problem that's in Philly. Non-football people are making decisions. Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are not football people. They think they are. Like, even if you want to give them being and head of personnel and shit like that. What, what are they doing involved in the game planning of a game? What, what, who wants their input? I wouldn't want their input. I have no interest in thinking what Howie thinks for a game on Sunday. I would never ask him his opinion. I wouldn't ask him his opinion now. As an analyst, what he thinks about Sunday. I would ask him about contracts. I would ask him about free agency. I would ask him about 
potential interviews for coaches. But to ask him about game approach, that'd be the furthest thing from my questions. I mean, at your fireside chat tomorrow, are you really going to ask that guy questions about game situations? And for Nick to sit there and let him answer that, I'd be like this. What does he know? I can't wait to see the fireside shot. It'd be great. Little fireside shots. Marshmallows, ding-dongs, Oreo cookies. Jesus Christ. Watch this thing tomorrow. Hey, this thing tomorrow, we need to tape it so we can play it back and get some giggles out of it. Because it's going to be a dumb thing. <laughs> I could just see, you know, we really had self-evaluation. And we knew we made some mistakes here when it came to the hirings and when it came to experience. But we know that we know what we're doing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Why not go live during it, Sills? Oh, maybe we should. I don't know. I don't know if we could play that. I don't know if if YouTube would shut our ass down. We should put I don't know. Can we play it live here? That'd be great to do that. Just play that thing live and we could comment on it why it's going on. It's not a game. Fireside chop. <laughs> Watch old Nick and Howie chop it up. Oh man. I can't wait for Angelo on Thursday. Holy cow. He's going to be a Roman candle, literally. Yeah. Yes, play it live, Sue. Can you imagine that? Oh, God. That thing, what What possibly consulting not considered like employment as a coach? Correct, Jalen. Correct. Correct, that's right. Okay, it's in, like an independent contractor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, hey, Senor is giving me like as the world turns. And now, our edition today of Always Lying in Philly, starring Nick Seriani and Howie Roseman. Today, episode number nine, The Far Side Shot. <laughs> oh, man. Directed by, of course, Jeffrey Lurie. Shit, man. That's a that's a good episode, senor. I like that. Yeah. And now it's time for Always Lying in Philly. <laughs> episode nine, the far side shot. <laughs> I wrote down, let me get over here. How much of your defense do you think you have to retool and rebuild next year? How much of that defense has to be rebuilt in this offseason? Tea time. Tea time. Shit. Tea time at a football complex? Softer than I thought. Tea time. <laughs> Holy shit. 
What do you got? Tulips on the table too? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, right? Tea time. 40%. The entire defense. Both ends, linebackers, all DBs. Matt says. Let me take a look at that. I hate to do this to you guys. I really do when I talk about these players. No disrespect. Okay? I want you to take it that way. Because I personally don't care. You know, I'm sure these men are good men, and I, I don't, I don't want to quantify what I'm going to say here. But I want that known. This is not personal. I don't know these men. Any one of them. Not one of these guys. I've had conversation with Darius Slay, but not really. So I really don't care. You guys seemingly know these guys better than me. You, you guys have these made-up personal relationships with these guys. I don't. I don't work in that world. See, I was never a cartoon guy. I really didn't like cartoons that much. Because cartoons were like phony guys. So I never really liked cartoons like that. I was, you know, fake guys. I'm like, you know, cartoons, you know, I don't know. Wild D. Coyote, I kind of like because he always got hammered. I, other than that, I never, you know, I'm not a cartoon guy. Like, like SpongeBob. I mean, that's what I look at when I see Brandon Graham and these guys. They're like SpongeBob. They're TV guys playing on the, on the Eagles. Okay. I don't know them. Brandon Graham. Time to go, guy. This guy wants to have a celebration tour. Dude, you played at a C-minus level this year. Okay? It's time to go. You know what he wants? He wants a send-off parade with rocking chairs and shit wherever he goes. I have no interest in that. We don't do celebration victory tours for one's career. You had a great career. Time to go. Unfortunately, you're not Jason Kelsey, kid. You don't get to pick your time. You don't get to call your putt. You're not that player. You don't get to call your putt. Okay? Guys like John Elway, Jason Kelsey, shit. Roberts gets to call his putt. He gets to because they're still calling him at 42 to play. Okay? He doesn't get to call his putt. It's time to go. Hey, could you catch on with someone else? Hey, more power to you. You'll always be an eagle. And you'll be a revered guy. But I'm not giving you a his, – his, his roster spot's more important than the money you'll pay him. Well, what if he plays at a league minimum? I don't care about the money. I want the roster spot. That's when you know a player has nothing left. You know, when, like, when we get to Fletcher Cox here in a second, that's that conversation. Brandon Graham? I want the roster spot. Okay? Callie Green goes, Brandon Graham will be here. Stop the, cap, the crap. Well, there's another loss and a loser move. You're going to bring back a guy who has nothing left. Why? Because you like him? Once again, you don't know that guy from a can of paint, guy. The roster spot's more important than that guy. But you don't want to hear tough talk. That's why the Patriots were the Patriots. They made the tough cuts. They got rid of guys. They moved off of guys like Richard Seymour, who still had Pro Bowl years left. They didn't want to pay him. He went to the Raiders and went to the Pro Bowl numerous times. 
Patriots were like, we're not paying that guy that money. Not happen. I want the roster spot. So Brandon Graham's out. Jordan Davis had a C season. First half of the year was good. Back half of the year, I don't know. He went to be in the back to a two-down player. Ran out of gas after Buffalo, and that was the end of him. Then they asked him the two-gap, and he couldn't do it, and he didn't want to do it. So quite frankly, Jordan Davis is exactly still who I said he was. First and second down guy. And by the way, you're hoping that guy turns into Vita Vea now. Vita Vea was destroying Ragnow. Holy cow. I'll tell you what, that kid Cansey and Vita Vea for the Bucks, they're a handful. They're a handful. Those two dudes in the middle, they, they're good, man. Vita Vea is the best inside tackle against the run in the league. And you're hoping Jordan Davis turns into that. That guy is a mother in there, man. So Jordan Davis, he's coming back because he has to come back because he has a couple things going for him. He's young. He's on a rookie deal. And I drafted him in the first round. Jalen Carter, I gave him a B minus. Another guy you build around. Think he's a really good ball player. Think he's going to have a great career. Let's see what he does next year and what he takes his team to and what level he takes to next year. Here's Fletcher Cox now. What do you do with Fletcher? Okay. Is Fletcher worth the roster spot first? Yes. Fletcher was probably the most consistent defensive interior tackle and maybe even most consistent lineman that you had on your team. So what do you, what do, what do, you do here? Well, I'm not paying him 10. But I will do this. I'll drop him down six because I need money. And he has a chance to make 10. Now, would he want to go in the open market? Could he get 10 in the open market? Probably. Now, he, he going to the grass is greener on the other side, would he do that? Or would he take the money and stay in Philadelphia and retire an eagle like that? And, and as I've said to you before, I think he's going to be a guy who is going to knock on the door, the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know he gets in, but he's going to knock on that door. He's a pretty good ball player. Had a really good year. Probably the best year in three years I've covered your team. Um, Milton Williams, I told you earlier in the program what I loved about him the most. You drafted him in 21 in the third round, and today you could get a second, and he's never started. He's a quality football player. And by the way, in that Buck game, he was one of the very few guys that actually showed up and wanted to play. I have high regard for him. His 500-pound bench presser can move. You can play him at end. You can play him at DT. He's a really good – I'll tell you what. Eagles put him on the open market. There'd be a lot of takers, and I think you'd get a high draft choice for him. But why move him when you don't have to? He's got a lot of upside. He's a good football player, man. He could be, you know, if Jordan – see, the problem here is – Milton Williams should be starting over Jordan Davis. But because Jordan Davis is what, was the 13th pick in the draft, they won't do that. Because Howie will look like he missed on the pick. Jordan Davis, if you remember correctly, 
I thought he was around the 22nd pick in the draft. I still think that. I still think he's the bottom of the first round. He's not the 13th pick, though. Okay? So we're going to stop there. And I'll continue this. I could not wait to hear Barrett's take on this stuff. And tomorrow, we're going to get the fireside shot. And those guys are going to be sitting there. You know, there's going to be hot cocoa and marshmallows and the fireside shot. You know, where everybody's going to be loving one another and, you know, blaming others. And I, I, I don't want to pollute the question. Your Honor, I don't want to do it this way. But that's why Angelo's coming on Thursday. But I had to get B. Brooks's take on the great fireside shot tomorrow. Let's bring my friend. <laughs> hey, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Now you're still you're still muted. You there? Dang. Okay, we got to see if we can fix this here. We got to get B Brooks. Got to get B Brooks, man. Got to we got to get him on here too, because I I I can't wait to hear what the guy has to say here too. Let's let's try it again here. Let's let's see. Okay, let's see if he's going to try to log on one more time here. Yeah, the far side shot tomorrow. <laughs> Hot cocoa, owie. Holy cow, man! That thing's going to look like a seance tomorrow. That thing will look like a seance, okay? Fired. It's not Tone. It's Xander. Xander's working behind the scenes. It's not him. It's uh, it's on that end over there, wherever he is. Getting, getting, get on the settings. Yeah, we're working on it here, man. We'll get him on. We'll get him on. Let me finish then until we get him up. I stopped at Milton. I thought Milton was a good pick, okay? Josh Sweat. I think Josh Sweat's a guy he build around. Like him. I think he had a C plus season. All right. Let's see if we can see if we got our friend now. We good now? Good now. There you go. Hey, I there he is, man. My friend Jared Brooks. And by the way, tomorrow, fireside shot. I can't I can't wait. I can't Kumbaya. wait to hear what they're gonna say tomorrow, B Brooks. Kumbaya, kumbaya. <laughs> I knew you. <laughs> All right, Barrett, this two weeks has been interesting to say the least. Give me your overall synopsis on what your takeaways have been these last two weeks. It's almost a question why X, Y. I mean, there's so many things, so many different factors. I mean, if you're going to keep Sariani, you're going to keep Nick. Okay, you're keeping Nick. But you fire your offensive coordinator who was running your offense. So why fire, why fire Johnson if you're going to keep Nick? Who are you going to bring in as office coordinator if it's not somebody that runs his system? Do you bring in um, somebody that's innocent? What's his name? Cooter or whatever his name is from Indianapolis? Yeah, Joe Bob. But see, that's a lateral move, so he can't go anyways unless he gets permission. Uh, does he bring in Does he bring in um, somebody that's going to run their own system? Then you're. Then why Why did you keep Nick if you're going to have somebody come in and run their own system? You know, like a B-enemy or something. To me, to me, I don't understand the moves. Now, I understand on the defensive side of the ball. You're going to bring in somebody that's, you know, that 
almost like a head coach s type of play um coach and i can see that i can definitely see that you know it's almost like with with doug and you had you know the way he ran things it was a little more appropriate for him because he had a guy that that was a head coach on his side and and, and could run that side of you know of the, yeah, of the jim team. schwartz a former yeah. nfl head coach with the lions yeah so you were good with that but i mean do they do it they riverboat ron you bring him in it, it it really takes that you know emphasis off of him, and plus he's a Jimmy Johnson's um uh you know guy. So you know late and great Jimmy Johnson. So I can see him doing that. But on the opposite side of the ball, I don't I don't know what direction you go in. Do you bring in a Frank Wright? To me, that would make the most sense. It's your boy, your friend, got you involved with uh, offenses. You guys have the same terminology, and to me, it's just like a you know a a, a great mix bringing him in. You know, Frank Reich will be beautiful in this sense, you know. So to me, that'd be, that'll be the only logical guy I think they could bring in and really uh, have a great balance of what they're trying to do. And plus, it brings some innovation into the offense. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying there. What, 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 let, me, let, me, let me go on the offensive side. And, you, you know, my relationship with Frank goes back 40 years, and I just text him. And the problem is there's a $35 million number out there that David Tepper owns him, owes him the remaining money on that contract. Now, I don't know what that would mean financially because right now he's consulting the Eagles on potential offensive type hires and some coordinators that if he's going to take the job or not. So I don't know. Frank's not going too deep into that, but would would, would Jeffrey Lurie pay some of that number to Tepper to bring him in, hire him as a consultant? And like you said, then maybe offensive coordinator because – what is Jalen like? Jalen likes Philip Rivers' offense. Well, his best success Philip Rivers ever had was in Indianapolis and in San Diego when the team was there, and he was the OC. And the wide receiver coach was Nick. So there's a relationship, Barrett, that's there, and it makes sense, and he probably wouldn't feel threatened. Don't you think, Barrett, if you're seeing guys like Frank Reich and maybe Ron Rivera or maybe even a Wink Martindale on the other side of the ball, doesn't that mean that the organization is looking at it this way? Last year, they had no experience. This year, they're bringing experienced guys completely with gigantic experience. Doesn't that kind of put Nick more in a sandbox than it did a year ago where he doesn't have the autonomy where last year he could make any call he wanted because all these guys were inexperienced. Now you've got former NFL head coaches who know what they're doing as coordinators. Dan, 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 Dan. He's already a quicksand. He's already, you know, on the hot seat. So, I mean, I, I believe that he would go and, and, and be good with any situation they put him in because he'll still be the head coach. You know you're confident in, in yourself. You allow these guys to come in and, and let them do their thing and you just be a, 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 a Tomlinson. You know, sometimes you got to be a Tomlinson. Nothing wrong with that. That wins. It's, it's, it won for, you know, Pittsburgh for all those years. Sometimes you need that type of um, a system. You know, I know they brought him in to call his offense and, but it, he he gave those responsibilities over. So I think he's confident in, in letting somebody come in and run in his system just as long as it's his system. You know, I don't think he'll have a problem with that. The problem with me is how do they go about, you know, this system when I can remember when Doug was here having those Tuesday meetings. I remember they beat Green Bay one year and they whooped Green Bay. They, they beat them up up front. They ran the ball consistently on them. And Doug was in a meeting and they got on him about running the ball instead of having a prolific um, throwing offense. To me, that didn't make sense. But, you know, this, you know, they want a throwing offense here in Philadelphia. They want the, 
you know, Tom Brady-esque type of offense. And they're just not going to get it, you know, with, with Jalen. And and they've got to, you know, come to grips with that. You, you know, Barrett, I would ask this question tomorrow at that press conference. Okay, let's not blame anybody. But yeah. let's ask the question. So when you were 10 and 2 and you decided to change, you know, they basically fired Sean Desai in the last four days twice in the last three months. You basically fired him twice. You took the job away from him a couple months ago or a couple of weeks ago, and then you fired him again a couple of days ago. So you fired him twice. You turned around and made that decision in where a guy had beaten the Dolphins, had beaten the Chiefs, had beaten the Cowboys, had, you know, and then you put Patricia in there and the team got worse. Worse. Who made that call? Who was the person that made that? I mean, don't, don't you want to know? Was it Nick? Because if Nick made that call, Barrett, he's not qualified to be a head coach. Well, if he made the call, I would definitely look at him like, you know, differently. But uh, honestly, I don't think he would make that call. No, I I don't think he would make that call. I think it was somebody above him uh, that that made that decision for him because he doesn't seem like he's that type of guy, you know, that he would he would do his coach like that and undermine his coach, especially when he's seen that defense work when they had an opportunity to. They were learning. They just learned this defense. Over the off season, they were barely into this. The, I mean, that defense, you know, so they really didn't know it and have a grasp to it, anyways. So I thought they had great games against Dallas. I thought they had great games second half of Kansas City against Miami Rams. They the Rams they they stopped great quarterbacks, and then to undermine them like that, you know, I mean, I, I understand, you know, you needed something to stop the the bleeding, but it's not. It's I don't think it's necessarily the fault of you know. The coordinators, I think it was more so in Nick and in, in having this this breakfast club type atmosphere in that locker room. You just cannot go, bro. You're a direct reflection of how you practice. When you go out there and you have a great practice, you have great games. And people don't look, people aren't really looking into that because I don't think they basically understand that. I want a Super Bowl because we felt as though we with the Steelers, we felt as though we were the best. We played against the best guys in the NFL in practice every day. Every day. So I know I'm going against Joey Porter. I'm going against Troy Palomalo. Ben's going against Troy Palomalo, getting those guys. Ryan Clark, you know, guys that can go out there and really be great players. When you play against great players, you play great. So when we got into a game, it was easy. It was easy because you're going against guys that aren't better than the talent you just played against in practice every day. It got to a point where Coward would tell us, hey, guys, if you don't stop hitting each other and going so hard, I'm I'm, I'm, going to send you guys in. And we'll do it for like two or three plays. We'll do it the way you want it. Bam, here we go again, you know, fighting, scratching, and clawing again because we understood how we practice will be a direct reflection of how we played on Sunday. We go out there and and we're, we're, we're playing around and, and, and jumping off sides and making mistakes. They'll eventually go into the game. I think they practice so soft that they couldn't turn it on on Sunday. When you don't practice hard Monday through Saturday, you're going to get those type of results on Sunday. So when I looked at them, I was like, first 10 games, they won because they stepped on the field and they were the Eagles. Oh, they're playing against the Eagles. And teams kind of, you know, like, oh, the Eagles. But then after the word got around, like, this is not the same Eagles team. This is not the tough, rough Eagles team we played against. You can hit them in the mouth and they they won't do anything about it. And from that point on, teams put it on the Eagles. You could definitely tell the, 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 the way teams looked at them. It's like, all right, we're no longer scared of you. We're just as physical, if not more physical, than you are. And the 49ers set that game plan up, and from that point on, nobody feared the Eagles, and that's why they got their ass kicked uh, for the rest of the year. 
And every game after that looked the same. It wasn't like, I mean, Seattle, the Bucks, all those games, they they looked the same. But Barrett, Dan, let me go look at this, though, Dan. You remember in the last, well, the second to last game, well, the, the last Giants game. Yeah. When the linebacker jumped over the line of scrimmage and hit Jalen late, not one person turned around and fought for him or picked him up off the ground. Even Malata. What is that? To me, that shows how soft they had gotten and how they protected him. You know what I'm saying? That to me, that's that's I mean, that to me, that's a team that really checked out, that didn't want to be out there and weren't thinking about taking it to that next level. It didn't matter who we played next, it never matter who. I mean, they could have played against little sisters of the poor. They'd have still lost because they had checked out. And you and and I can sit in front of a player right now and say, hey, did you play as hard as you played last year? Did you play as hard as you played at the beginning of the year? They they have to be honest with themselves and say no. They can't be honest with themselves and not say no. They just Barrett, didn't have it. Do you think that this is a locker room issue or do you think this is a personnel issue? It has nothing to do with personnel. They they were still they are still in, in 2023 the most talented team in the NFL, bar none. The most talented team in the NFL, even more talented than the 49ers. In fact, they're the only team that really could player for player beat the 49ers, besides if they're more talented than the Ravens. But at the end of the day, they're the most talented team in the NFL. And they just don't have that that backbone, that intensity, that that you know, that swag that comes with being the most talented team. They just thought everybody's gonna, you know, fall over it because they're the Eagles. No, you gotta hit guys in the mouth. It's any given Sunday, and those guys went out there and played like it was any given Sunday. They hit him in the mouth and made him like it. Barrett, let me go here then with that because, you know, I try to tell people, there's people like you, me, and then there's people in the room like uh, LeVon Kirkland. These people have no personalities whatsoever, and they will fuck you up. And there's people like, you know, you can mess with guys. I go, any small dynamic that changes the culture in a locker room Man, it's not a microcosm of society because inside that locker room, there's 53 chairs. And I'll tell you what, man, everyone fights for one of them chairs. And it's a rough environment in that bitch. You better be prepared for everybody's personality. And I say this to you, when they made that move for Desai to be taken away and they put Patricia in there, I this is my opinion. I think the defensive guys didn't want to play for him. And it showed that they didn't want to play for him. And to me, you had guys in that locker room not defending. There's a side decision to put him up in the Howie locker room or put him in the broom closet, and they put him up there for his display. If you're not going to fight for an assistant coach, Nick, and Jalen's not going to fight, or no one's going to fight for these assistant coaches. Look at Wink Martindale. They fired two guys. He walked into Dable's office, Barrett, and he screamed at Brian Dable. He lost his job. Because he was defending them. Don't you think when you look at it, you go like this. Uh, Darius Slay gets a knee surgery, a microscope, doesn't go to Seattle. And right. all that stuff kind of – they didn't. They just looked like they didn't want to play on defense for Patricia. And it looked like the locker room to me wasn't about Nick, so to speak, but Nick's authority was challenged. And I, I just looked at it like that decide decision, in my opinion, fractured the room. Uh, it fractured the room. Yes, it did. But – it, it it all comes with it all comes to what you do throughout the week and what you did what you didn't do throughout the week and what you did do throughout the week 
dictated how you played on Sunday. And when you didn't have a culture where guys believed in the guy, it's hard for you to go out there and, and really play fast. I mean, if you don't know what to do, first of all, you're going to play slow because you're thinking instead of just reacting and, and, and being, you know, and you're not playing emotional because you don't know what to do and how to be emotional about the situation you're in. That's number one. But when you see guys like Bradbury coming up to try, I'm not even going to say he tried to tackle him. No. He tried to take his flag. That's, that's what I was looking at. <laughs> I thought he had a flag on it. He tried to take his flag. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 flag, too, just to be candid and make sure out there. <laughs> he tried to take his flag, and he said he didn't let him take his flag. You know, those are the type of things. And and you saw that, you know, that just the lack of understanding. You know, you know, as a defender, you got to play gap control defense. And how many times did you see three guys in one gap? How about the pursuit angles? Oh, oh man, it was it was it was appalling, man. It was appalling. And and then you talk about the offensive side of the ball where there are no blitz adjustments. I mean, they're blitz adjustment that defense. They just didn't do it. Guys freestyling, just you know, come on now. I mean, you you if you're sitting there and you see a uh uh you know, everybody's up on the ball, you know, it's a, it's it's an all-out zero blitz, and you still run the go routes in this play. It doesn't make sense, man. It just doesn't make sense. So to me, I watch it on film. There's no way that they understood how to play the game as a team when I watched what I watched on TV. It, it, it just didn't make sense. When I okay. looked at all 22, it looked like the Keystone Cops are the guys running into each other offensively, guys freestyling, doing what they want to do. One-on-one. -on -one. I called it one-on-one -on -one football that yeah, they yeah. had all year long. was like Because when you watch these coordinators today, Barrett, like Matt LaFleur and all these guys, the kid Slowick down in uh, Houston, how they're getting these wideouts open. And you watch our guys, it's like this. Hey, go out, do an in route or do a, do a do a curl route here. It's like one-on-one -on -one shit. And if they don't get open, that's why Jalen was – you know, Jalen was the number one quarterback in the league that had to make the toughest throws in the league. Yes. And that's why he had high turnovers. Yep. They weren't really trying to get these guys open. Nope. It was just, and and – it's a product from what they did last year. All the times that you know you had AJ Brown go up and and and, and double coverage and and Debo the ball, uh, you you saw one on one routes where you know uh, you had him going up slant routes and him catching it. Yes, he was right. He was right. The offense ran through him, but then they didn't. Then they had the audacity not to run the ball either to give him an opportunity to get back to you know teams having to put that guy in the box and they have to run cover three or or man free. They just didn't dictate that tempo, so they didn't have to go into They could stay too deep because they didn't run the ball, and they could double coverage A.J. They could double coverage whoever they wanted to, and it just made easy football. Then they started blitzing, and they didn't have an answer for it. So to me, that's a lack of understanding on play calling, a lack of understanding on being an, uh, an architect in your offense, no motions. Everybody stay there. I mean, just little things. You could do this. All right. Instead of having AJ so far out when he's at wire receiver, bring him in a little. Give him, give us minus splits. Minus splits uh, when you take the, the the receiver and bring him into the you know line of scrimmage a little more, in a little bit. Now he has a three way go. When you're out there wide like that, you either go on a go route or you go on a slant. There's not really many options you could do. You can run a drag, but it's only two options. If you give a guy three options, not a DBs, he's like backing up because he has to defend all three aspects he can go inside, outside, or, or vertical. You can't do that when you're that far out. There, there was no innovation in that. You know, no bunch formations. I mean, and whenever they ran a bunch formation, they were going to run a tunnel screen. So it was so easy and predictable, man.
You know, you know, Bear, a couple more questions for you here. Listen, I um you're you're right. They played on their numbers the entire year, not in the middle of the field, even. There were very few routes that came across the 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 middle of the field there. And I think that had to do a little bit with Goddard being out. But that that leads me to this though. Okay, so the next coordinator, doesn't he have to be? I don't know. Again, let's take the name away. Doesn't he have to be an innovator? Doesn't yes. he have to also know? See, I think the biggest strength that Shane Steichen had was that he knew that Jalen was limited on reading defenses, and he also knew that he was an asset in moving him around and having his feet be an asset. How many times did you and I say last year on third down, that guy's a weapon on third and ten? He's a weapon. This year, I didn't fear him at all. Because he didn't run. He, they didn't move the pocket. They didn't run any boot protections, no waggle protection. Waggle protection is nothing but you pull the backside guard, and he's like, and you and you roll Jalen out, and he's like an escort for him so he can push the ball down the field. None of that. I mean, even max protection. If you want to push the ball down the field for big plays, max protected. That means bringing another tight end, have two tight ends blocking with your running back, give you give your guy enough time. They were trying to run these go routes with just five guys blocking in a in a in a in a in a running back. Come on, you can't do that because they're gonna bring six, they're gonna bring five, and you can't block everybody. So Jalen's running around there and he's not running like he ran last year. I remember how explosive he was. I I, I always look back to this play I saw against um the Saints two years ago, where he was running and he took a jab step and and the and the, the like two or three defenders just like fell on their face and he just took off running. That explosiveness is not there anymore. And then I turn around, I look at the Ravens play and how, you know, Jackson runs around like that. That's he an aspect of the dirt. Right. And he, he just didn't have that this year because, number one, I know he was injured. Number two, they didn't set him up to do that. They wanted him to play cautious because they said the best ability is availability. I didn't want that availability that I saw Jalen play. I want that, all right, the defense had to account for him. He has to be that 11th offender that the defense has to defend. I didn't see that. Teams say, all right, then he's not going to run. We know he's not going to run. We're just going to blitz him. And that's why they had so much success against him. All right, I got to ask this question, dude. There's a lot of articles now, and there's a lot of people. And it's right now it's a whisper. It's about his leadership, about things that are being said in the locker room. Someone asked me the other day, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll bury the lead on here with you. I say this. I think that's a little premature to have that kind of conversation. However, you know, it's people that have covered the team that knew the Wentz situation. And I'm not even remotely saying it's that, but you know, $55 million Barrett can change a lot of folks. And Boomer Sison said something on my program. He said, you know, when you make that kind of money, you got to learn to play with that contract too. There's a lot of people with their hands out around it. You and I know this all of a sudden you got relatives that we've never seen before in our entire life, all of a sudden at your door asking for money and your friends and your boys and all that. And I'm not saying, I, I'm not trying to make a narrative up, but there's whispers out there of that. What's your take on that? And I mean, he, he didn't like, how about this? Josh Allen backs Joe Brady coming back. Dak backs Mike McCarthy. You hear people talking, even CJ Stroud talking about Slowick, the offensive coordinator. When Jalen had opportunities to defend Nick, or back Brian Johnson, he didn't. Let's hear what you think. I'm thinking this. I can't, I'm not gonna say anything about who Jalen is a leader 
Because, I mean, he, every time he's gotten – every time he stepped on the field, he's gotten better with the exception of this year. You know, throughout his career, he prided himself on himself on being great at going back, analyzing what he did, and being a better version of himself the next game, the next play. I didn't see that this year. Number two, I'm not going to say anything about it, but listen to what, you know, Covey said. Covey said, well, you know, I've always had the time to go in and talk to any coach, you know, an open-door policy. But I didn't because, you know, I was scared to death of going there. He equated that to the same thing as Jalen Hurts. Um, I believe I could go talk to him, but I never did because I was scared to death. I've never been around a player that I was scared to death to go talk to. Never. Hmm. And if a player I thought would put himself in that type of um, era about himself. I'd you mean him like more. unapproachable? Yes, unapproachable. Yes. Saying he was unapproachable. Then this is Britton Covey. That's not me saying this. This is Britton Covey's own words saying, you know, that, you know, he was scared to death to go talk to him, you know? So to me, that's, that's never been who Jalen was. And if it became that him, that side of him is, is now being given to his team. That's pretty damning. And that's something that, you know, he's going to have to, you know, do something about. Barrett, but don't you think too, also, maybe the team in the locker room perceives him differently and he's not really changed because He's kind of an introvert. You know what I mean? I mean, yep. I mean, he that's not and again, here here I am now defending him going, he's more of an introvert. He's kind of like Derek Jeter. He's not going to be a rah-rah guy like a Gary Sheffield guy. He's going to try to lead by his production on the field and so to be a vocal guy like that, Bear, you know this. Not everybody's a vocal dude like that. So I'm not, I'm not asking that though. I'm not asking that. I, and that's I, what I, say. I don't know because I'm not in. I'm not in the locker room. But I'll say this: if he'd have changed and been that rah rah guy, then it'd have been a lie. And I didn't want that aspect of him. He's not a liar, so I wouldn't want that aspect of him being portrayed out there on the field. He's not a rah rah guy, so I didn't expect that from him. But I do expect even a guy like Griffin Covey would be able to go up and speak to him. Yeah. And talk to him. That's you know, that's the only thing I said because I can just go by example that I heard a player say. But I will say this: he has a lot less access to him, and I understand that a lot less access to him. I used to have access to him. I could you know talk to him on the field, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. You know, I don't have that access anymore. You know, it's like the team is is guarding him a little more than it is. You know, he's my frat brother too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I, I doubt seriously if I would have that much access to him now. You know, so. Maybe it is a little different, but I thought that 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 person that I saw the last two years, as opposed to this year, has always gotten better in the offseason from game to game. I did not see that this year. And that's 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 what I'm going to say about Jalen's performance. I did not. I'm I'm, going to rip that because to me, if Mike Tom is the head coach of that, Mike Tomlin puts everyone's ass on blast. I don't know. And Big Ben made all the money, but Big Ben took all the shit too when things weren't right. That guy's going to put everyone on blast. And if the organization is acting freaky around him, everyone, you're going to set an environment tone for the entire locker room. Barrett not to be able to have the guy approachable. So let me get this right. You hired the least experienced coordinator. You're insulating the guy, and you're not helping the guy grow as a leader and as a player on the field. I mean, you you were three points from a Super Bowl. You talk about a catastrophic, complete meltdown of not making decisions that were right. I mean, 
dude, you mean you changed the kid right in front of our eyes. I'll tell you, man, this is great insight. A great insight, dude, because like you said, you're talking about a special teams guy who used to have access to the guy. That means anybody used to be able to walk up to him and go, hey, man, how you doing, man? How's it feeling? You all right? We're ready to rock. Yeah, man, we're there. You kind of push him over to the side and created your own island, kind of like Hertz Island. And that's and see, and like I said, I'm I I wasn't in the locker room. No, I get it. that, but I, I I just go by what I heard what what I heard a player say. Period. I heard that's what I he said that out of his own mouth, you know. And I've and I've seen how they've insulated him, uh, you know, as far as not he, having access to him. We don't have access to him like we used to have access to him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and 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 I understand that because you know he's. He's a, a, you know, he's a quarter million dollar, uh, quarter billion dollar guy. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's, things are different. You know, when you're a quarter billion dollar guy, you, 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 you don't need that much access. But if he'd have changed his leadership style, then I, you know, I'd, I'd have been like, yeah, that's fake. That's not who he is. That's not who Jalen is. So I didn't expect for that to change. I, 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 what I saw on the sidelines, what I've been seeing from him. So I kind of expected that, but. When I heard Britton Covey say that, that made me think like, you know, and then I'm seeing how, you know, how they're moving him around and how he's moving. You know, things are just totally different now than the way it was. It's funny you say that because I talked to Jason Light, the head, the uh, general manager of the Bucks, and Tom Brady used to sit right in the, almost in the middle of the locker room. And he, everyone had complete access to him and could come up to him and talk to him. Then too. Time, and it didn't matter. And he went and got – the hundred man or the ninety man roster for training camp called each and every single one of those guys every single year in training camp of his entire career, so that everyone knew that he was approachable, and made everyone feel in that locker room that if you got something to say, whether you're a special teams guy or you're a guy that may be cut, you have access to me. Brady went out of his way to do that. Light said that he did that every year, man. Even in COVID, he was doing Zoom calls with people that wouldn't even be on the team. We'll see in. in- that's why he's had success. And and please believe this. Jalen's the type of guy, he's the type of man that will learn from his mistakes. And everything that happened this year, you will not see repeated next year. That I will say about Jalen. He he understands what he needs to do to go forward. So you won't see that version of Jalen that you saw last year. You're going to see a different version of him. Now, is it going to be just as explosive as we saw two years ago? I'm hoping like hell we do see that version of Jalen. But I really want to see a different Jalen as far as performance, a different Jalen as far as how he approaches this year. Final question for you. You mentioned something a couple minutes ago about the roster. And I say this to you. Could it possibly be, Barrett, last year? Think about what you had. You had a 10-year Hardgrave. You had a 10-year-plus Sue. You had a 10-year-plus Linville Joseph. You had a 10-year-plus guy in the middle in Fletcher. You had veteran linebackers. You had a guy in Kaiser White who's a veteran. You had a bunch of veteran guys who knew how to prepare themselves for seasons and were motivated and knew how to be prepared. This year, you had a bunch of mercenaries on defense. You had guys who were fighting for their jobs to stay in the league. I mean, Morrow and Shaq Leonard and all these guys, they weren't fighting to play for the Eagles. They were fighting to keep their NFL careers going. And you had a bunch of these isolated mercenaries at each position that were worried about making it to the 24 rosters of some football team. There just wasn't enough professionalism on the defensive side of the ball this year. You lost a ton of the you lost a ton of professionalism 
last well, year. I think that's what led to not being prepared and them running out of gas. Well, this is what I'm gonna do. You know, fans of the Eagles, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go in, look at the look at the the careers of the coaches that were coaching them also. And this will be my, you know, I, I got to roll on this one, but look at the experience you saw at the coaching staff and then tell me how you're supposed to get that experience from players that aren't there, that haven't been there, that haven't played in this system and how you're supposed to get that type of um, production out of them when those guys are young too. So just look up, just look how, how young those coaches are too. So that's, that's definitely a factor also. Absolutely. Barrett, I thank you so much for spending so much time, man. You're Appreciate awesome, you, bro. Man. I love you very much. Thank you, brother. You're my guy, man. Tell everybody said what's up, man. You bet, man. The great Barrett Bricks. Don't forget to catch him. NBC Philadelphia. We love the guy, man. Appreciate it. All right. Hit the like button. We're going to hit on what Covey said about Jalen Hurts. Wow. He's not approachable. I mean, to be, we'll, we'll, we'll finish what we were doing with our defense, and I want to hit on that. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
I-G-L-E-S Eagles Jalen Hurts is a prima donna? Let me tell you something about Barrett Brooks. Barrett Brooks is not going to say that. That's not Barrett Brooks's. He's not a hot take guy. Okay? He's more of, of like an analyst kind of guy. And he just said it a couple minutes ago. Jalen Hurts is unapproachable. You got a special teams guy in Britton Covey saying that. No, I'm shocked, Barb. Dude, money can change him. Absolutely. Even the best of you. And the way the Eagles are acting around him. That's, how about this? Of all the people that have been on the program, <clears throat> that being said, see, Richie goes like this. He laughs at that. Tom Brady would talk to him, and that's a fact. Jason Light used to tell me all the time Tom Brady would walk into the Buccaneer locker room, and he would be talking to anybody, talking to the guy who cleaned up the place, talking to the guy, the equipment manager guys. He was so approachable. The one thing that you will never say that Tom Brady wasn't was that he was not approachable anywhere he's ever played. He was the most approachable superstar. And I've always said this, the greatest asset I think that Tom Brady had was that he was the best teammate of all time. And that's just being a great teammate. Okay? No matter how much money and how much fame you have, that's what made Brady great. Okay? You guys are missing the point about it being Covey. If he won't talk to the least guy on the team or he isolates himself from a guy who's the least important guy on the team, he's doing shit that Wentz did. Everybody in an NFL locker room has value, or you wouldn't be in there. Absolutely pathetic. So you got a guy that's now isolated, and you got a guy who now is acting like a prima donna? <laughs> now, this is making more sense now. Holy shit. Can this be fixed? Uh, really? Fireside chat. Well, someone asked if Jalen Hurts is a prima donna, yes or no. Kidding me? Fireside shot. Yeah. Come on, man. Senor goes, don't believe everything you read. No, I heard it from an Eagle player. And I heard it from a guy who was a former Eagle player who's in the locker room all the time. Barrett Brooks is just not some dude. He works around the team. He's at the Novacare complex all the time. 
it looked like he was calling, doing the show from there. Look at Callie Green. Six Big Sills believes in Santa, too. Yeah, I know. Can't be true, Sills. Not my boy. Can't be true. Can it? Not again. No. No. Can't be true. Oh. That's why I'd never fall in love with your players, fall in like with your players. Bear adjust the gas on the fire. I don't know. Not, not Jalen. Here's Kelly Green. Big bad bills. You're wrong. Not my boy. Yeah, not again, right? I give a shit who he is. Oh, man. Holy cow. King Hurts. Hey, by the way, even people on my own network don't want to hear it. This guy's ripping hurts. I hate Silio for doing that. What do you care? What do you care? What is he, your brother? Is he your dad? What do you care? My quarterback. <laughs> Forever Jalen. <laughs> it's my quarterback. My quarterback. <laughs> hey, Barb, your boy's a prima donna. Damn. I never thought it would. Hey, money corrupts. Oh, man. This guy has no shot at turning. Sorry, Joe. He ain't turning this around. Please, locker room, the dynamic is set this way. My throne is here. The rest of the peasants, you could put the serfs here, the peasants here, the commoners over there, and King Hertz will have his chair right here. Crown right up, ready to rock. Damn, you got a special teams guy calling him off limits. Fitness says this is pretty alarming, Sills, out of all the people. Hey, hey, look, I'm having a little fun here. Let's do this. I I, I got to get it. I got to get it from some. But guess what? What was that guy's name today? San, Joe Santa Luigo? Santa Quito? He was saying about his leadership, questioning his leadership. So there's one. Now you get a second guy. And an Eagle player saying he's unapproachable. That's two. Pretty soon, we're going to be working up to three, four, five, six, seven guys. You got a couple dudes now that are saying this. Tell you what, two more, it's true. Jalen Wentz. Oh, no. Shot across the bow by Xander. Oh, 
Tanner just threw a shot across the bow. Jalen Wentz. Over here, peasants. Over here. Here you go. Then tomorrow the fireside shot. <laughs> this is some system you got going on over there. Shit, man, this is some high drama. I got to hand it to you. You guys know how to fuck a team up. This is wonderful. Dear God, I have to thank you for, you know, because Big Seals could care. I don't give a shit either way. All I care about is content. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this absolute BS content. Heavenly Father, I will not swear when I'm praying, so I just would like to thank you for what will be a more entertaining offseason than regular season. And we trust. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Hurts changed when... Hey, dude, get this. That's a pretty good point. Someone hit Jalen in the face and not even Jordan Milano defended him. Oh, no. The young and the reckless. <laughs> oh, hey, as the eagle turns. <laughs> the young and the reckless. Rich man, poor man. <laughs> oh, oh. Rich man, poor man. That's what you got here. Rich man, poor man. Holy cow. I don't know where to go with this. I think Jalen's got to fix this immediately. He does. He has to fix this. Hey, and I know that some people may not want to post that. That take that Barrett had on what Britton Covey says. But... That's the first time I've heard someone do that. Am I right, Xander? I bear Burke saying that. That Jalen is unapproachable. Have you heard that anywhere? Have you guys heard that? From anybody that Jalen was unapproachable. That might be the soundbite of the offseason. By the way, I didn't say that. Don't get mad at me. Hey, this is great, Xander. I didn't say it. Someone said it on our show. Guy on NBC Philadelphia said something about a player in the Eagle locker room saying that Jalen Hurts is unapproachable. I didn't say that. I didn't even know that. Get mad at me for having a show that people come on and tell you things. <laughs> no wonder you got shitty radio shows in Philly. Hey, I'll give John Ritchie credit, man. He says bringing back Nick Sirianni is a commitment to being average. <laughs> well, I couldn't believe what I heard. Good for him. Holy shit, that was a great comment. I was really happy to hear that. I was. That came out last week about Covey said on. That's, well, that's the first time. I'm sorry. That's the first time I've heard it. That thing was not said here. Got leadership problems. Wow. You think your coach is a non-leader, now your quarterback is a selfish guy. Whew. 
The Eagles are a train wreck. <laughs> yes! Yes! You know who the – hey, do you know who the conductor is? It's Nick. And you know who the guy's in the caboose? It's it, Wait a minute. No, Howie's the conductor. Nick is the caboose. There's not a chance in hell that guy drives anything. So he's in the caboose. And 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 uh, Howie's the conductor driving this thing into a brick wall. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir, baby. Imploding from inside is a good one. Why are you excited? Because we're getting to the truth of the matter that you won't address. You're control, your control freaks inside your own building, and that's why you can't sustain success on winning Super Bowls, multiple. That's why the Ravens do the right thing. The 49ers do the right thing. That's why those organizations have all been better, historically better franchises than you, because they do things internally uh, better than you. Steelers, too. Those are historically better franchises than you because they do things historically better than you. That's why they win multiple championships. You guys circle the block and wear your divisional NFC East hats. These guys win Super Bowl hats. Look at Richie. Now, Richie's going to attack a guy who's on the Eagles and been on the Eagles for how many years now? Three? He's a nobody. Okay, Jalen. Look at Richie talking like Jalen. Richie Hurts. Britton Covey's a nobody. Hey, your boy Hurts thinks the same. You guys are on the same page. I don't. Eh. <laughs> Richie Hurts. <laughs> yeah. Richie Hurts. Hey, by the way, just a question for you. Because I, I, I like most of you in here. Why do you get mad at me for people coming on my program barking about things that are going on in your locker room? Why are you mad at me? I don't know anything about this. I don't know. Why are you mad at me? Because Sills is pointing it out. I hate people who tell the truth. I know you do. That's why Jacob gave me an extra hour. <laughs> Hold on here. I got to do that again. You know, you know, you know why? <laughs> Ever. <laughs> oh, this is too good, man. You guys, this is too much fun. As the shit train runs, known as the Philadelphia. Hey, and tomorrow, now that I know this about His Highness Jalen Hurts. Hey, by the way, sorry, James, but it's true. Now that I know this about His Highness, um, hey, I can't wait for the sit down chat tomorrow. You know, sitting down talking about His Highness King Hurts. And, you know, the rest of the peasants, who they're going to hire as court jesters, known as coordinators. That'll be great. 
<laughs> the Philadelphia train wrecks. Hey, that's a great name, man. What color would you have on it? What color would you wear on an off night? Don't wear them black ones with the Philadelphia train wrecks. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 not red, white, and blue. A rainbow colors. What would you wear? I don't know. What 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 would be your off color? Pink. <laughs> Yellow. Oh yes. Hey, I got to Hey, let me tell you a story. My aunt's going to laugh her ass off. Hey, Billy, so you know that that's appropriate. The Philadelphia train wrecks, the new off jersey is going to be um, the yellow jerseys like on a Sunday night. So my grand, grandmother went out and bought all of us toothbrushes back in the day. My grandfather grabs one of them and everyone picked a toothbrush. And my grandfather had a yellow toothbrush. He looked at me and he looks at everybody at the house and he goes, a yellow toothbrush? Who has a yellow toothbrush? And my, we all looked and went, it's a toothbrush. My grandfather goes, nobody has a yellow toothbrush. Nobody has a yellow anything. No man has anything yellow in his life. Okay? Unless he's doing it in the snow. And I, I looked at my grandfather and go, so you think having a yellow, yellow toothbrush is a bad... He goes, nobody has a yellow toothbrush. <laughs> and and <laughs> That's how I was raised. No yellow toothbrush. Not happening. No yellow toothbrush. <laughs> the Philadelphia train wrecks. David goes, I have a yellow shirt. Well, that's your problem. Okay? It's true. I don't have any. No yellow. I don't see nothing yellow here. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing yellow. No yellow. We don't have yellow here. Seals picked the Bills and the Cowboys Super Bowl. What happened? Um, the Cowboys got beat and the Bills got beat. Did I miss something? Josh Allen got beat by Patrick Mahomes. The Eagles got beat by Baker Turd Mayfield. Who's on his fourth team in two years? Let's see. Browns, Carolina, Rams, Bucks. Yeah. This guy's on his fourth team in two years. He beat you. <laughs> and and Allen lost to Mahomes. I don't know. Lost to Mahomes, and you lost to Baker Mayfield. I wouldn't really bring an argument up with that. Oh, my God. I could just see it now, that fireside chat tomorrow. All those guys sitting around. Kumbaya. Loving it. Talking about his highness. Yeah. Man. King Hurts in his court. I wonder who pick as his jester. You think he has a wand or like a staff? King Hurts. (laughs) 
No, hey, I'm 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 never that's my guy. Jalen has to fix it head on. Nick Pinocchio and Howie <laughs> these words won't mean anything at the fireside chat tomorrow. By the way, top notch comedy as always. <laughs> hey, it's hey, get this, Michael. The content is delivered. I don't even have to make the content up. Are you kidding me? I don't have to make the content up for this shit show. This is remarkable. I have never seen an implosion like this. Dude, can I ask people, honestly, God, honestly, is this what happened after Doug won the Super Bowl? What Did this thing erode that quick like that too? I wasn't here for that. I'm talking like 18, help me, honestly. I'm I'm not gonna make fun of anybody here. Like 18, 19, and 20. Did it unravel fast, slow? Was there the snail's pace? What happened? Because you went from three points 12 months ago to this. I mean, it's night and day. Did it go that fast? Forte goes equal but different. Barb goes, this is worse. Man. See, this guy, Callie Green, it just, he gives me great content too. That's why I adore him being here. Honey, that's a great take. Way to go, sweetheart. He waits till after the guest leaves to troll his own guest comments no i respond to comments that guests make on our program like you're taught in communication school troll what his own words i'm not saying anything more and above xander wouldn't let me slander barrett brooks I'm not saying anything that wasn't said on this program. That's what good broadcasters do. When you get a guest, you comment on it after. You don't beat the fuck out of a guest while he's on or he'll never come on again. That's why we have one of the greatest Rolodexes in the history of sports broadcasting. Okay, there's a reason I get GMs and head coaches and the rock on. And you don't. There's a reason that I get the biggest names in entertainment and sports on this program. There's not a show like it in the country. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. It's a $75 million show on ESPN. Pat McAfee. He doesn't get any bigger guests. And if he does, he has to pay him a million dollars to get him on. You want to hear something that I got text to me? Mike Missanelli said something to me. You know what he said to me? He texted me the other day. Mike, I love you. You know I do. You know I revere you. You know what Mike Missanelli said? You get Angelo on once a week and you don't pay him? Angelo likes coming on. It's like, 
guy made three and a half million dollars a year for 20 years. I don't know. They come on because we treat our guests great. And then we comment. And we don't shit on them. Shitting on you? <laughs> Not all of you. Some of you are really great. Some of you like just like to hear yourself talks and you stand on these little anthills and want me to respond to you. And I can't and I won't. One day I will. And I'll be like, his highness hurts. And one day I'll point to you and I'll acknowledge you. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, and I'll acknowledge you until that day. Keep typing away, kid. <laughs> Will Barrett get pushed back from the Eagles? If we post that on my Twitter page, we'll have 300,000. I think the last time they posted something like that, we got over a million. If they post something like that on the Twitter page, Jacob, that comment about Britain Covey, that thing will get over 400,000 views. Oh, yeah. Barrett Brooks to the principal's office. Barrett Brooks to the principal's office. Bring your key fob. <laughs> and bring your key fob, please. Mm. I don't think the Eagles could beat any team on the league by the time they played Tampa. True, Jeffrey, internal implosion. Um, but is Covey just sensitive? So, yeah, but you also had a columnist writing saying that he's talked to seven people that Jalen wasn't a very good leader. I heard it on Sports Take on a different show. I mean, you're not just hearing it on my show. You're hearing it on multiple shows now. Doesn't that concern you? Pete, someone's going to ask Jalen about Jalen at the Fireside Hot. I don't know if anyone will have the cannolis to do. You know, that Jeff McClain guy. You know why I like that Jeff McClain guy? He came after me. He kind of nerved me a little bit. Because he was right in the end. Okay? So he's got a little stundines to him. I kind of like the guy. I don't really like him personally. But I like the way he does his job. So I, I, I don't know. I think that guy, I think that, you know what? That sulky guy, too. I think those two dudes will go and say, I think they'll ask that question. You know why? Those are two guys that got a little bit of salt and pepper on their cannolis. So I don't know. I think those two guys may say something. Ruben Frank, maybe too. I don't know. I think there's a, there's a couple guys in Philly that will say some shit like that. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think so. I think he may get in there. Eagles need to bring Eric Bieniemy. I, I don't know. Fire's hard shot. Who? Rob? Uh, Rob Ellis? Rob is. Does a great job on uh, WIP. 
Absolutely. I like the way he runs his show too. Okay. Remember, Rob's a sports talk guy. There's a difference to being a columnist and a beat writer. Those are completely different jobs. He's paid for opinions. Okay. You're not paid to waffle or to sit there and mediate a fireside chop. That's what you guys like to do. You like to have those guys that legislate those fireside chats. Or who's that guy, Xander, again? That morning guy. Hey, Nick, can I ask a question? How was all of this taking its toll on you? What are you, a psychologist? I thought you were a sports talk guy. Guy's asking Nick Sirianni if all of this is getting to him. What is it? Who cares? What's it to you? Is it getting to you? Like, I give a shit. <laughs> Holy cow. I don't care what Nick feels. I want you to win some ball games. I want you to be a leader. I want you to take this team back to where it was a year ago. Not down to the toilet bowl. Shit, you're in the Super Bowl a year ago. Now you're in the shit bowl. I mean, guy, you can't have those big swings like that. One week, you're here. The next week, you're here. That's the emotional ride that guy takes you on. Don't you get it? Screaming at the fans, not being a coach. He's capable of putting you in the Super Bowl and in the shit bowl at the same time. That's not a coach you want to have or a leader of your company that's going to be a stable guy on a year-to-year basis. You're looking for a guy when the highs are too high that doesn't get crazy. And when the lows are too low, doesn't get crazy. You're looking somebody with stability. And reliability. You're not looking for a train wreck or a clown show. You're looking for somebody that's going to be someone that can lead by example. That's what a leader is. Not a guy that could take you to the Super Bowl into the shit bowl in a 12-month. Think of that. That guy puts you in the Super Bowl and in the shit bowl in 12 months. That's who you want to run your team? Good luck to you at your fireside shot. That's exactly what you have. That's not an opinion. It's not an opinion. That's production. And that's who you are. Damn, Sills. The way you put it like that. What, truthful? Truthful is hurtful sometimes. Truthful is hurtful. A slacker goes, I, I go to a lot of games. I watch him on the sidelines. Nobody approached him. He approaches nobody. I certainly don't want you running my team either, nor would I want to, because I'd have to be on my knees the entire time. And my knees, I really can't bend over like Leonidas. That's not a that's not a possibility. <laughs> I'm like Leonidas. Bending over and going on my knees is not going to happen. No. We don't do that here in Sparta. <laughs> that's not working. That's not going to happen. Falling to my knees? No, I don't think so. And if you get a job with the Eagles, you got to get on your knees. 
And that it's going to be a little difficult for me. If he wins two games next five years, shit. If this guy gets out of the gate and he's 500 after week eight, that team might give him an extension. (laughs) I got to tell you, man, I can't wait. (laughs) Hey, we have got to take this thing tomorrow. We have got to. I want sound bites on the Twitter page of Jacob. We have to. Because this is going to be a comedy tomorrow. Mystic goes, nothing hurts my feelings. Everything rolls off my back. Just don't fuck with people I love. Yeah. True. All right. I don't give a shit about that. Dude, I don't know Jalen Hurts. He's not a friend. I don't know Nick Sirianni. He's not a friend. But I covered the team. You guys are friends with him. All of you guys like are friends and have love affairs with Hertz. And you guys have little like, um, what is that thing that Travis Kelsey does or Travis Swift? Travis Swift does this. But you guys got little tattoos too. Right? Like this, Jalen. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It looks so dork- dorky. What's that? Like this? Is it like this? I don't know. I don't, I don't, and that's not something yellow toothbrushes and doing heart signs. I don't know. (laughs) Why bring Nick toolbox back? I love it, man. Hey, Slagger wrote, wrote an article about being unapproachable. Yeah. Well, um, Barrett Brooks came on and said, Covey said that he's unapproachable. So now you have a columnist saying it, who's talked to, what did he say, Xander? Seven people, six to seven people. And now you have another analyst in Barrett Brooks talking about another Eagle player saying it. So you got, you got 10 people now making a comment on it. Not my guy. It's my quarterback. This is just getting too good. You're so on the money. And the money for the entire season. I puked watching the rest of the press in in this town. They're all about kissing everyone's butt in the organization. You know what, Robert? To their point, they have to. Because Bob Lang and the Eagles demand that. You know, I'm not going to say who said this. And I think he's right on. But little birdie told me something here, and I never thought of it this way. There's a there's a part of me now that does believe what my little birdie friend said, that they like this shit going around Nick and Jalen because it protects the true people that they really want in the organization, Howie. It insulates them. Who gives a shit do you talk about Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni? As long as you protect Howie. Those are the real people they care about. Shit, coaches, as I've said to you, in the Eagle organization, at the end of the day, whether you're a Super Bowl winning coach 
or putting the team in a Super Bowl. You could be on the hot seat in 12 months. It doesn't matter. Think about that. Because my little birdie friend is right. So get this. Guy wins the Super Bowl, he gets fired, Doug Peterson. Guy puts a team 12 months ago into a Super Bowl, he's on the hot seat. Does it matter if you win? So, Eagle PR, you know, so what? Jalen's paid $50 million. So people want to take a shit on him. So what? So what? Nick Sirianni? Pfft. I could hire Nick Sirianni 2.0 any day, any week. Look at what the guy they hired in Tennessee. Brian Callahan? I never heard of him. Oh, there's the OC in Tennessee. In Cincinnati, okay, yeah, what a resume. That's a good hire? I never heard of him. I've never heard of the guy. Put his time in? He was a quality control coach three years ago. What do you mean put his time in? His dad was a former coach of the Raiders, and he's the offensive line coach of the Browns. I wouldn't be shocked if that was part of the dynamic on Brian getting the job that Bill Callahan comes over and it becomes the assistant head coach and the offensive line coach of the Titans. I've never heard of the guy. He's Hey, Barb goes, he's Bill Callahan's son. Oh, yeah, so I'm assuming he's Kyle Shanahan, right? Because he's Kyle Shanahan's, Mike Shanahan's son, so we're probably hoping we're going to get a dynamic there. Is that what we're doing? Holy they. Hey, give me a break. Holy cow. I, I, You never heard of Andy Reid. Oh, okay. I never heard of Brian Johnson and Sean Desai either. <laughs> okay. But you hired the two least qualified people in the NFL last year to coordinate. And you won 11 games. Get this. How good could you have? Think about this for a second. So you fired your both coordinators and you won 11 games. What if you would have hired competent people? Would you have won 15 games and still be in the tournament? Isn't that kind of what Barrett was hitting at? Think about that. You hired the least qualified people to coordinate your offense and defense and still Still won 11 games. What happens if you hired anybody with any kind of competence? Is the fireside chart televised tomorrow? Yeah, CNN and Fox will have it on. Brett Bear will be, and Martha McCallum will be giving play-by-play -play action. It'll be a town hall setting there at the No Care Center. And they'll all be serving. What are those things that um, Chip left behind? Those frozen smoothie bars? That's what they handed out to the media. And everyone will be sitting by the fireside hot. And Brett Bear, Martha McCallum will be um, emceeing the event. And it'll be a town hall setting. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> the questions, please make sure that you defer them to Bob Lang so that we can have a run through on what questions that will be asked. Cause you know, we got to put the prompter up for Joe, I mean, for 
uh, for Nick and for Howie. <laughs> I'm sorry that slipped. Yeah. Sales, what's your move now that Pinocchio's staying? I'm going to make sure that I, hey, you want me to be, you want me, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I want the best qualified coordinators that I could possibly have because I'm getting a mulligan on getting fired. So this time, dude, I'm going to hire the best people I can because my job's on the line now. I'm going to go overboard with my love for Hertz. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to kiss that kid's ass because I want to keep getting that paycheck every Tuesday. Okay. I'm going to do everything I can if I want that job. And if this guy gives me pushback, he gives me pushback, but I'm hiring the best people I can. <laughs> Barb goes, if only Lou Holtz could do the fireside chat. I love Lou Holtz. <clears throat> yeah. I just got to see that that's going to be the James greatest team I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything that could do that. I've worried about the child of Qatar. The Miami that under big data. Hey, Mr. Magoo. Lou Holtz sounds like Mr. I just got this president of the United States. Trump's a. He's a man, you know, and the rest of the other guy, this guy doesn't do anything. I don't know. Not like Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. The mimicking guy. <laughs> the mimicking guy. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh got the bottom of Raven Cup. They got the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I used to tell you guys, this guy would do this shit. Oh, that Miami team, they got that shit. They have that, got that shit. Guys, unbelievable, man. We had a camp. I don't know how we're going to beat them. I have no idea. Lou, you're 11 and 0. <laughs> Jimmy would go, the guy's 11 and 0. <laughs> What's he talking about? <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> Lou Holtz. Tell you what, you want to know something crazy about Lou Holtz? One last thing about Holtz. Every place he coached, South Carolina, William & Mary, Arkansas, Notre Dame, um, Minnesota, every one of those places, the year after he left, they were put on probation. <laughs> they were put on probation. Hey, Lou, why'd you leave William & Mary? William & Mary. What a really great school William & Mary is. One of the absolute best schools I've ever seen in my life. The only problem at William & Mary? There's just too many Marys and not enough Williams. <laughs> that guy, man. He was some character, man. I actually like him. I do. I played golf with him a boatload of times. He lives down in Orlando. He's a good man. He is, man. The Jets are still up. I forgot he coached the Jets for like four games. Sills for DC? Shit. Dude, if I was a college football, you know why I'm not a college football coach? Because I would cheat my ass off. I would get kids that were not qualified and not 
in any way grade centric. I don't want students. I want football players. I would have every guy that you wouldn't want. I'd go to a prison and I would bring guys in and you would hate my team and you would be so afraid when my guys stepped on the field because they're not there to beat you. They're there to murder you. And if you stepped on the field and out of line with them, you might get effed up. Those are the guys I want on my team. You don't win championships with choir boys. Okay? That's the kind of guys I played with. Drug dealers at night. People who carry guns at night. And people who kick people like Oklahoma and Florida State's asses during the day. Those are the dudes I played with. <laughs> Wasn't for the faint of heart. <laughs> now that we got suburbanite Canes guys and guys who live in the suburbs. It's all good. It's a different era now. Okay? A different era. I'm a nice guy now. I'm more of a pacifist. <laughs> Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Wiping my eyes because some of you are moaning about me. <laughs> oh, this thing's going to get worse there. Better buckle up. Oh, yeah. Still's going to be in rare form tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Oh, yeah. Better bring a seatbelt. <clears throat> By the way, I just told my boy James to post that Covey and uh, Barrett Brooks um, take because I think that's important. And I hope one of your fish bait reporters asked the question at the far side shot. What's up with this? Got guys writing columns like Carson Wentz 2.0. Got players in the locker room barking. I mean, <clears throat> Barb goes, this show is historic. Yeah. Ain't nothing like it. See, remember something too, Barb. Always know you're winning, Barb. When you have people that spend their life typing for four hours. And Big Sills gives you the Jalen Hurts wand. Not today. And maybe. Not today. Maybe. I'll let you know. Oh, uh, oh yes. Tomorrow's a big con- Hey, fitness. Tomorrow's a big content day. What are you talking about? Today was brilliant. Sales. <laughs> <coughs> I literally just bragged and put over big time. To A2 of my boy. <laughs> That's a good job, man. Okay. Holy cow. Seals, if you are the Eagles DC, I'll buy season tickets. Uh, they couldn't, they couldn't. See, I would hire Seth as my coordinating defensive guy. And then what I would do is get the personnel. I would, I would pick the people because I don't want defensive players. I want people who like hitting people and like playing defense. And I'll figure it out. <clears throat> I don't want people that people bounce off of. Whew. Absolutely. Sales, how come after all this time, Jerry Jones never rehired Jimmy Johnson before he retired? That's a great question. Cosmo, I'll ask JJ that. I, I don't know that. That's a good question. I don't think they could mend their fences. <clears throat> I don't. I, I just don't think they could they they could come to grips with it. So whew. tomorrow will be a big day. We got fireside shot. <laughs> got the owner. No, the owner's not there. We got Lord Howie and Reverend Sirianni. At the far side shot. 
if I bought the bought the Eagles tomorrow, you'd be my new Bob Lang without the BS. So what's going on? And none of your business. <laughs> I'd be AQ. Hey, right. I'd be the new Bob Lang for the Eagles. Hey, who's going to be at the press conference? None of your business. When they show up, they show up. And we'll let you know. Hang in there, kid. Be all right. All right. Listen, I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you, Xander Big Joe. I appreciate all you guys. Please hit the like button. Two to six tomorrow. And we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.